Christ, you people suck. <laughs> wow. Wolverine on a tangent. Back in the days when we played video games, it was hardcore for the nerdy and lazy. Now things have changed and all our video games are also for the casual and lady. But that's okay, you know the score. We told you a million times before. Playing consoles, not just games, is in the past. For another week of Info-G Radio. This is episode 470 for April 10th, wow. 2017. You ready for 470? Full set now? Yes, sir. Goddamn costumes. Anyways, with us this week, we got the one bird. Hello. 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 Uh, we got Drew. Mm. We got Jay. Buongiorno. And joining us in a minute, the ever elusive Games Con, supposedly, in 20 minutes. I'll soon. A minute, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's <Well, soon. laughs> You throw it in there, and it's just funny for a yeah. minute. Uh, but anyway, we're going to talk about video games this week, and then later on the show, we're going to argue about a system with no games. Yep. But according to the internet, it has no video games, but that's fine. Uh, video games. Drew? Yeah. You want to talk about some Vigi games? I do. I guess I should look up a bunch of embargoes, because everybody's got stuff that's embargoed. Yeah. Uh, I'm not embargoed on Persona. Well, that game's out. That's yep. You can't be embargoed on yep. a game that's out. Yeah, my review's not out yet, but I will have it this week. Well, that game takes a few minutes to get through. Yeah. I know Jay said that I should just beat it and then write the review, but that you will should. be next month sometime. That's fine. Who's waiting for that review at this very moment? Who's like on the fence? Well, I gotta wait for Drew's review to hear. You know whether I'm gonna pick it up. Wow, it's gotta be this week. Vote of confidence there in Drew's review capabilities. I just I don't know. I feel like I want to just get it done. I don't know. Get her done, boy. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you how you should do it. But I'm saying like, don't feel pressure by the time. You know, like yeah. you, there's. We're already past the, well past the embargo, not by our fault, obviously, because you know how late that game came in for us. But because of that, I feel like you're ruining your own experience of the game in some ways because you're you know, having to, A, play through it really, really quickly and having to rush through it. And also, you know, if you feel like you have to have the review out before some times and you have to just get it out there, I don't think that's the case at all. So that's just my suggestion. You can do whatever you want. It's your, it's your call. You know, it's your review. But uh, that's uh, that's my suggestion. Well, at this point, Ken, well, how do you feel? I feel like um, so we can get all of our clicks. You need to get that two out of ten review done in the next couple of days. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh man, two out of ten Persona Five review would be would blow the shit up, though. Do you think? All we, right, I will blow up the internet. I think we get a couple clicks for that. Oh, absolutely. Hell yeah, let's do that. I don't know what the lowest score the Persona Five has gotten yet, but I don't think it's anything lower than like a seven. Probably. I, I haven't looked at it. I mean, I know it's reviewed well. I expected it to review well. I think even if it had sucked, it is still reviewed all right. Why would you say that? Like, why do you think it would review well if it sucked? That's weird to say. Because it's the name. But the, yeah, it's just like it, you know, like, 
Zelda, it's always going to review. Like, how many people do you see that say, I don't like Skyward Sword? Okay. Go look at Skyward Sword's Metacritic. Yeah, but I'm sure that I'm, there's still a lot of people that are really passionate about Skyward Sword saying that it's very underrated and stuff like that. Mm, but they're not the people that reviewed it. The people that reviewed it said now that they don't think it's a good game. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's there are games like that. Uh I don't I don't think people are gonna go on a limb for Persona as they did for Zelda. You saw the the pushback for people that gave uh Zelda poor scores. And uh Persona five doesn't even have that. I'm looking at the open critic now, the lowest score it's gotten is three out of five uh, three 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 and a half stars out of five, which is seventy. And that's I'm the sure lowest the internet, I'm so sure the internet tore that guy apart. Uh I wonder. I hope not. I haven't read the guy's reviews. So I don't know what points he makes. It, and it the thing it, is, you know it doesn't matter what points he makes. It's the number. Yeah, but that's the problem with the internet, right? It's that, that's not the problem with the reviewer. Let's say if the reviewer you know, says, oh, this game is amazing, this game is great, and then gives it like a 7 out of 10, and then you're not sure why. And if they don't justify the reason why they're giving a game a certain score, then yeah, you should have an issue, and you should be allowed to ask that person to elaborate further if you feel like they haven't gotten their point across. But if they put out good points and say, like, well, these are the sections that really matter to me personally, and I feel like they've been mishandled in some ways, and if that's something that is kind of is one of those factors that you weigh in heavily towards your personal enjoyment of the game, then yeah, that's, that's perfectly fine, right? But, you know... If people don't read the review itself, then your opinion on that review itself doesn't matter because you don't have the actual information required to make an argument. You're, you're trying to apply logic to the internet. Well, that's what I mean. Like you, you can <laughs> you can ignore people that don't act logically. Is what I'm saying. I don't. You know, when when people throw stones my way or whatever, I don't think of them. You know, immediately as someone that's completely ignorant. I think about like, oh, what what are they going that by? I want them to elaborate on the points that they're trying to make. And when it becomes clear to me that they don't actually have a point to make, then I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. And then you, they're just ignored at that point because they don't matter. Didn't Jay but you, have to, you have to put the, that line. Jay just posted the Jennifer Lawrence okay gif. Uh, that's, that's a pretty good gif, actually. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that one works in most cases. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Okay. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. Drew, did you play video games? Yeah, I play Persona 5. <laughs> um, yeah. I really, really like that game. Yeah. He's still giving um, it a 2 out of 10. Just I'm still giving it a 2 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Because I... Well, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to give it yet. But um, there are some issues... I have with that game. Sure. Um, I really wish we would get to a point where every game allows you to save wherever the fuck you want to. That'd be nice. Um, and this one, you have to do it at save spots, obviously. Um, I mean, does it change? Because like I only played it for an hour. But yeah. there are some times where you're walking around where like you can hit the menu and save, right? Yeah, yeah, you can save... As long as you're not inside of a dungeon and you're not in the middle of uh, like an event, you can save. Okay. You don't have to be at like a, there's no like crystal floating around that you got to save on. That's not true. It's not very Japanese, then. I don't know. There's an issue though that the game does a lot of this where they'll make you do something that's kind of like part of the story, 
and it will take you an hour to do it. I'm like, look, I just wanted to stop for the day, kind of thing. No. Yeah, that's uh, that's, Not that's what we were talking about before the show. Um, the trend that I've noticed in in some Japanese games that they don't respect your time. Like Yakuza was really guilty of this. Like Yakuza had a lot of things that you would have to go do that would take a lot longer than they should, or not allow you to save for for like an hour at a time. It's the it's the flaw kind of of the the cutscenes thing, right? Where you kind of have to put the controller down and just kind of go along with the story. And I would I would give you that point that both Persona Five and Yakuza Zero are very guilty of that, where you are just kind of sitting there watching something unfold over the course of like 30 minutes without doing anything other than just kind of pressing buttons to you know, skip the text. I, I said that to auto to save myself the pressing of the buttons, you, which, you, I, which I enjoy. You know what that does? And, and um, so, for example, like when Drew's saying, you know, like he just wanted to quit for the night. Mm-hmm. When you get stuck in a situation where there's text or conversation or, or a cutscene there, you wanting to quit makes you pay less attention to that particular cutscene or dialogue. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And that's just and that's what I say by they don't respect your time and that's a bad design design decision. I what know. but what I this is something that I also brought up during the email and I said like why don't you just put it on rest mode? And you guys neither of you guys trust the rest mode. No, right? Give me no. an ex, give me an explanation on why you don't trust that rest mode. Because some games don't handle it well. Some games um for example, let's say you get a system update while your while your system is in rest mode. So what? It doesn't automatically update without your permission. It can. And it, it can't. has. No, no, it no, can't. no. You know, rest mode may have worked for you, but I lost two hours of save in a game once because of rest mode. And that, you know, with the, the limited number of gaming time that I have, fuck that. What What happened? I put it in rest mode, shut the system down, put it, you know, it was in rest mode itself, booted back up, went to launch the game. The game said you need to launch, not resume. It just closed the game. Well, that's that's something that shouldn't happen, right? No, of that's course, that's it, never of course it shouldn't happen. But yeah. the fact that it has happened, I will never take that chance again. I don't, I don't, to, I don't have time to lose a few hours of, of progress on a game. Ken, yeah. think about it this way, right? During the during the course of your action of saving, if something happens, <clears> like your power goes out or something happens with your, your device, uh, you can lose your save right there and there. It can become corrupted and you can never access it again. Does that mean you're never gonna save a game? Because no, 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 gonna... no, no, no. You're you're not gonna use that argument because if no, something... no. What I mean is that that has happened to me twice in my career as gamer, right? But that hasn't stopped me. I understand that there are unacceptable like limits of danger in any activity that I do. It's like a price of convenience that you pay, and I gladly pay that for Resmos because I use it constantly. It's never failed on me once yet. But that's anecdotal evidence, right? So if you if you say that like something ha- bad happened to me once and decide never to use that thing again, I feel like you're just shooting yourself in the leg because that's something that is very, 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 very rare that should not be happening. And but, if you if you handicap yourself because of that one occurrence, then that's on you, man. No, it's not on me because you're asking me to trust a system that I don't have to use, whereas a save system I do have to use. There's there's a difference between the two. I have to not save. Necessarily. You could, if I have, no, you could, I have you could, to you save. Could, no, you can leave the device on 24-7, never shut it off, just flip over to a different HDMI. You don't have to save. You can beat every game without saving once. I think you're just arguing for the sake of argument. I don't like rest mode. I've had issues with it, and I don't trust it, so I'm not going to use it. 
I, I don't know. It I just mean, seems saving, like is, saving is a functionality of the, of the game itself. Rest mode is mm-hmm. a functionality of the system level. And at the system level, I'm sorry, but the PS4 and the Xbox One, they don't instill me with a whole lot of confidence with their shitty, their shitty systems. Both of them have shitty network options. Which, if a game is online, if it's connected to the internet, and let's say Xbox Live goes down while my system's in rest mode, the game kicks you back to the fucking menu. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had that same thing with, like... I but can't while go, the system's in use... rest mode. So no, what I mean is that, like, yeah, I understand, but that's the functionality of the game, because you have to be always online to play those games. And when you go on rest mode, it's obvious that you're going to be taken offline, so that's not the fault of rest mode, that's just the way the game works. I, I do the same thing with Neo or Dark Souls, the game logs you out every time you go to uh, rest mode because you get knocked off online. So I don't think that's a fault of the rest mode at all. I just don't... I, there's, too many, there's too many factors at play for me not to use a system that I don't have to use. But, like, let's say, for example, you're playing Persona 5, right? And then you got to go out for, like, a few hours, and then you can't... You're, you're at a place where you can't save. Then what are you going to do? Just leave it on? No, I'll turn it off. You just turn it off and life use, is, like, an hour is, of practice? Life is more important... In the game. Wait, so you're. That doesn't make any sense, Ken. So you're willing to lose, like, progress instead of trusting on a system? No, I never like, said that. You asked me what I would do if I had to go, I would just go. So you would just go. So you just told me that you would turn it off, right? If I had saved, yeah. No, that's that's what I. That's my question to you. If you hadn't saved in, like, an hour, right? <laughs> you're right? asking me a specific scenario yes if I had to trust rest mode I would trust it over losing the progress that doesn't okay. mean that I should use the service that I think is garbage I think it's garbage on both systems I've had issues with it on both systems I don't like it you know for the people that it works for awesome but for me don't trust it not going to trust it we'll, we'll power through to the save point We'll only use it. And the only reason I'm going to leave before I can save in a game is if my child broke his arm and I had to take him to the emergency room. At that point, I don't give a fuck about losing the two hours if I have to rush out the door, shut my system off. Well, yeah, that's an emergency situation, sure. But any other reason, I'm not going to jump into a game that I don't have a couple hours to fit to to play. But yes, that's also a very good point to make. You know what you're in for when you start certain games, man. Like you can play a game of Overwatch and say, like, ah, oh, shit, I got to go out. And you can just kind of go, right? As long as you're not playing competitive and, you know, you're not an asshole or whatever. I just... So you just, just kind of go. But when you play and sit down playing a like, game like a Witcher 3 or like a Persona 5, you know you have to have enough time to really get invested and have a, you know, have a meaningful progression in those kind of games. So yeah, you but, have to know what you're in for. But Drew's right. It still sucks when you're ready to get to a closing point and then it locks you into an hour-long cutscene or something that you have to do before you can save. That... There is no, there's no excuse or argument for that. That's the game not respecting your time. In a, in a world where rest mode exists and all these other things exist, and you know, gamers who grew up playing games now don't have six hours to sit in front of a game mm-hmm. in one session. Make it easier on them, otherwise they're not going to play your game. I'll, I'll concede the idea that they should have saves uh, while you're in the middle of like cutscenes and stuff like that, or especially not like anime cutscenes, but you know, like talking cutscenes. But let's say, for example, what do you feel about saves in dungeons? Do you I, think you should be allowed to be saved anywhere and absolutely. every time? Absolutely, absolutely. I completely and utterly disagree on that point. Why? Why? Because it doesn't, it doesn't have... hurt you. No, no, it takes a challenge away, dude. No, it doesn't. You have to prepare. If, if the challenge is based on you not being able to save, then it's a shitty design challenge. No, no, no. It's not a matter of <laughs> you not being able to save. There's a danger. 
right, to kind of putting yourself out there, kind of going low on resources and fighting battles. So when you, I've, I've come across this in many Persona games, and this one too, where I'm really low on SP, and I kind of want to take the risk and try to go a little bit further before I go to my rest point and try to get out of there. So I can go to the rest point, I can leave the area, and end the day there, right? But that would mean that I would have to come back another day and finish what I started. But I didn't want to do that. I wanted to spend that extra day on something else, something more, you know, something more progressive, uh, productive. So I decided to kind of power through. I take to I take the risk, I take the danger, and it makes the battles more exciting. It makes them more interesting because of that fact. It allowed me to take those risks. So it's kind of like if you play Dark Souls three, right? And then you say like, oh, let me just save right in front of the boss. And then, oh, I died. Let me load the game right in front of the boss. It'll completely take the challenge out of the game because you never have to do that run back to the corpse. It would ruin games' challenges entirely if you're allowed to save anywhere. I, so, I, no way. Uh, no yeah, way. I, I think that's bullshit. And I think that's an excuse that people use nowadays to, to just to say that they want a difficult game. You can have it both ways. You cannot save. It's a manual process. You ain't got to do it. It's just like the old Dark Souls argument. Oh my god, if they made an easy mode, that game would suck. You don't have to play on that mode. No, no, no. Easy mode, the, the, the argument with the easy mode is completely different. But if you change the game on a fundamental level where everyone gets access to it, then you're kind of adding something that will kind of ruin the flow of the game in a lot of ways. So don't use it. That's no, my, man. That's, so my, just... that's my point. You're stripping accessibility from people who might want to enjoy it so that you can appease the small minority of people who do enjoy no, it. No, no, no. Have the, have the easy mode, right? That allows you to do all those other things. But what I mean is that it'll ruin the actual structure of the game and the way it's laid out. And what you have to do with the whole, like, going back to your corpse and stuff like that. Just saying people not to use this is saying like, oh, you have this weapon that is, that is incredibly strong. You have this tactic that will allow you to beat and you know, defeat any creature in one hit, but you just shouldn't use it. But once it's in a game, everything else seems obsolete because of it. Do you, do you understand? Like, it's like just because you have the choice of not using it doesn't necessarily make the game better in that way. You have to set guidelines and rules and everyone has to follow by those rules in some ways. So add a different fucking mode. I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm okay with different modes, dude. I'm just, Easy mode I'm and dark so, soul, fine. I'm so tired of the argument that uh, this thing will change the, the challenge of this game. You, you know what? Doing it the other way opens it up to like millions of more people who might enjoy it. And I just, I'm just, you should be able to save anywhere in any game. Yes, you know, first world problems. But when you have two to three hours a night to enjoy a game and it doesn't respect your time, most people don't play that game. And, and that's, I, I that's bad for the game, the that's bad for the developer, that's bad for the industry. There is nothing wrong with making games more accessible. Nothing. The, the, the idea that the, the only way that a game can respect your time is, the, is progression is also flawed in logic as well. Because we've talked about this before, about games like Monster Hunter and uh, Dark Souls and stuff like that. The way you make progression isn't how far you got in the level that night. It's how much, how better you got in that video game, uh, and that's just it, as fulfilling. The, as but yeah, the, what number but I'm, I'm talking about Persona, and Persona's all about progression. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Sure. Okay. And I can't and save anyone. Here's here's my example, because this is what happened. So, I mean, they introduced 
mementos, which mm-hmm. if you've played the game at all, that's kind of like an infinite dungeon that you keep going through, kind of like the Tartarus was in uh, Persona 3. And they were just introducing that. I didn't know that they were just going to introduce that, but it was getting like 10 o'clock at night. I was like, okay, I just want to save and just go about my night, go to bed. Well, now they made me go into mementos, go through multiple levels of mementos before I could get to a save point. And by the time I reached a save point, it was 11 o'clock at night. So what you're saying, Drew, is that it was not the Fresh Maker. No. So, I mean, that right there just kind of got on my freaking nerves. I was like, just let me fucking save somewhere. That's all I want. And I, I, I couldn't. I had to keep going until I got out of the that dungeon. And now that, and, and my point to that is, is now that particular part of that game is a sour memory for you. Yeah. And that's the stuff that irritates me. It's like, respect my time. You know, I'm the one who has the job and the no time to play this and the $60 to spend on it. Just respect my time. We, we've come yeah. so far in video games. We've made so many advancements. It's not that hard to program something like that in. I don't know. I think Restmos would have solved all your worries, but... Eh, sure. I, I, you're sure. you're asking a console maker to solve the problem of a game designer. Don't I? I don't like. Excuses. No, no, no. It's not that. When you build a game for a console, you take their specifications and ideas into consideration. When you make a Vita game, you know that that thing has a rest mode, right? When you make a 3DS game, you know that thing has a rest mode. When you make a PS4 game, you know that thing has a rest mode. When you make an Xbox One game, you you know that thing has a rest mode. That's something that every developer knows now. And I'm not justifying the idea that they shouldn't allow you to save. Once again, I said that, like, yeah, they should allow you to save during events and stuff like that. Sure, yeah, that's perfectly fine. But in dungeons and stuff like that, like, yeah, just just fucking deal with it. Sorry. It's no, like, no, like, that's, I'm, I'm that's so, and, and that And that part with the memento, it it should not have taken you an hour to get down those, like, not three every, steps. Not everybody man, is... On, no, no, no. Not everybody is that. That That's my point, is people people think, well, this doesn't affect me. Fuck everybody else. And <clears> and <throat> once again, not not every game is for everybody. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. That's not a good, that's not a, not a good not, excuse. Not every game can be for everybody. That's not a good excuse. That's not an excuse. It's a fact. No, that's an excuse. Every well, game... Persona, Persona 5 is for me, and that got on my nerves. Ugh. I just like I, I just like really I just want to fucking save somewhere I just want to turn this game off and go to sleep, but I didn't want to put it in rest mode because I don't trust that. Last thing I want is to lose the past two hours of play. So you didn't save for two hours until that point. I mean, I it just kept going. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I saved every once in a while, but I mean, I didn't want to go through all these cutscenes again and all this other stuff. I mean, there's there's tons of reasons why I don't want to do this. I don't know. It's Losing. if you didn't save two hours in between, and then at that point you kind of got into a thing you couldn't skip for a little bit. It's like, yeah, I, I, there's there, there's blame to be going around on both sides on that front. I don't think there's any blame on Drew's side. <laughs> he wanted to finish. He wanted to quit. I mean, and the game said no. You have to keep doing this, and I just think that's bad design. If you go any longer than twenty to thirty minutes without giving the player an opportunity to save, I think it's bad design. That's just my opinion. And that will stop me from playing a lot of games. It's not always in that game. It's just every once in a while, 
you know, you'll get into a pretty long cutscene, and yeah, I want to pay attention to the story because I'm invested in the story. Maybe I'm a slow reader. Who knows? Now, speaking of the games that are built with the way the systems are designed in mind, they they built Persona Five, knowing that PS4 had a streaming option, right? <laughs> well, that's uh, that's their design choice, right? Although uh, we'll talk about that like, separately because I, I want to get into that. Cause no, I no, I just wanted to make a joke because I thought it was yeah, funny. Yeah. But yeah, I played a lot of Persona Four, Five. I keep saying Four Did for I some say reason. Four, Five, Four, Five. Yeah, I played Five. I played, played an hour. I played an hour and didn't do anything. And like I've been trying to get myself to go back and play it because I really like the look of the game. And mm-hmm. you know, the two second battle that I had seemed pretty cool. I hope there's more of that. I told you, man. Within the first two hours, you're exploring a dungeon. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I don't think you have the patience for this, Ken. Frankly, I'm sorry, man. Like, hey. You have to like you like all the things that you're talking about. Like to me, they're very nitpicky, but obviously they matter to you because we you know we're different people, right? So if those things kind of bother you, then there's a lot of that. Like where you have to like just sit through a cutscene. It's gonna take you like twenty, thirty minutes of just like watching dialogue. And that's something that I enjoy, but I understand the idea that, you know, if you don't trust rest mode for your reasons, then that could be an issue. I I guarantee, I mean, I don't know how Wombat feels, but as of right now, 50% of people on the show don't trust rest mode. (laughs) Uh, I actually haven't had any trouble with rest mode. Hey, Uh that's awesome. I have, and I don't trust it. So I don't don't use it. Uh, I did have that one issue with rest mode, if I'm going to be frank, where in Bloodborne they had memory leakage, and I didn't know that. And what happened is that after you left the game on rest mode for a while, the boss's AI would start freaking out a little bit. They passed it in eventually, but uh, I ended up beating one boss really, really easily because it bugged out on me because the, the AI wasn't like properly implemented, so I didn't know what was going on. But uh, that's one problem I had with rest mode, but yeah, that's that's, that's very, very... Specific and minor, compared to the awesome convenience that it affords me to just—it's on rest I mean, mode right now. It's constantly <clears throat> on rest mode, and I, I, mean, I use it all the time. I—I'm I, probably a unique case because um, I could not tell you. I, every week when we do this podcast, I bring my PlayStation downstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, probably seventy-five percent of those weeks, I forget to take it off rest mode before I unplug it. Um, it's not good. I know. Uh, it. Uh, I had to. I had to um, reboot my system one time because I thought I had lost the entire Witcher Three, not mm. just the save, but the game itself. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> scary. The. Um, uh, but even within all that, I've never had a corrupted save. So yeah. It's hard to make it happen. I thought I got a crop to save in Dark Souls Three, but that that ended up being me paranoid. I have I use rest mode. It's in rest mode right now. It's just I make sure to close my game. I, that's a, what are we talking yeah. about differently? Yeah, I always close my games when I play when I finish. No, I absolutely. Don't no, I I almost games. I never close my games. Uh, I always do. That's... Even uh, even the show which uh, is online connected, I don't close. And every time I come back to it, it says, you've been disconnected from PlayStation Network. And then it reconnects almost immediately, and it's fine. Yeah. It's, yeah I'm, uh, I'm that guy that takes his discs out and puts them I've back put, in the case. I've really? Put, <laughs> no, I don't do that. It's crazy. I've put the show on rest mode in the middle of a game. No problem. 
Yeah, I don't. I've never had any issues with I, it. I, the rest mode is also good because you can keep charging now, stuff off your USB as well, which is nice. I will say that um, <clears throat> I would never put the I would never put the system in rest mode in the middle of a cutscene. But honestly, that's not because I don't trust rest mode. It's because um, I don't trust myself to remember what was happening in the cutscene <laughs> before I put it on rest mode. Right. Um, so I I. Um, I get the the whole hey once the cutscene starts you just want to watch it until it's over, um, but no I um, I am in the I am in the save anywhere camp. Oh, there you go. So yeah, um, I just I feel like um, I you know so The Witcher Three was save anywhere and. Um, it, yeah, you probably. I probably could have cheesed it if I wanted to, um, but I didn't want to cheese it. Yeah, right, that's, so I didn't. That's always well. What's your What's your three? It wasn't uh, built with the whole, you know, the challenge of combat in mind. I think, in particular, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Combat yeah, before. The combat in that game is <clears throat> tough, especially if you have to use the oils and the preparations, and that game is not easy. It is not. No. You you cannot be <laughs> you cannot be the litmus test for difficulty in games. You are barred from it. <laughs> I you I don't think anything is, you don't think any game is hard. Has has anybody ever heard him say a game is hard? No. I said I haven't said it was hard, but I said it was challenging, and that's better than hard in my book. Nah. Jay, let me ask you a question. <laughs> Have you beaten Persona Five? No. <clears throat> How there, many hours are you into Persona 5? Uh, I'm not sure, but I'm three dungeons in. Okay. Yeah. Now, I just, I'm just i about to finish the second dungeon. Okay. And I had this game before it came out. Mm-hmm. Well, not that much longer before me, technically. Yeah, like two days. Three days. But, two days yeah. is 48 hours that Jay had to jump. This is true. Well, I did hours. take a day off from work. But you know what the funny thing is? I had planned to spend a lot more time playing it this week, but a lot of like social things came up that I couldn't ignore. Even though I tried my best to, yeah. I'll just say you're not you're not the you're not the average gamer. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Why? When would I ever say that? I'm 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 a, I'm a crazy person in a lot of ways. But you know that's one of the reasons why I enjoy these kind of games. They're they're tailored towards me, and I'm glad yeah. for that. I absolutely love these kind of games. You know, Persona is definitely right up there with me. I'd... But I think save states are one of those things. That are like not safe states. Save save points mm-hmm. are one of those things that um, probably started out in the old generation or older generations of systems as a technical limitation that people have convinced themselves as part of a design choice. And, and I, when I say people have convinced themselves, I don't just mean. I don't mean it isn't actually a design choice because I'm sure in the de- at the, some developers uh-huh. level it is a design choice. But I mean it's one of those things that um has become a design choice when it started out as a technical limitation. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I look at I look okay. at save points almost the same way as I look at purposefully retro graphics. Um it's fine if your game wants to do that. That's the developer's choice, but it, I'm not going to play it. Right, or at least I'm uh, at least I'm not going to play it unless it's something I'm really really interested in. That's not going to draw me into a game. Um, so I, 
I prefer games that let you save anywhere, but is, I don't believe that the opposite should exist. No, no, no. I don't believe the opposite shouldn't exist. Yeah, so you don't want every game to be save everywhere is what you're saying, right? From my perspective, I'm the type of person that believes that um, all sorts of different games and mm-hmm. uh, types of games make the world go round. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, don't expect me to play something that makes me go hours and hours between saves because that's not who I am. That's not where I'm at in my life. Right, right. I, I can totally get that. And that's what I meant is that not not every game is for everybody. Not every game can follow the same rules. And uh, we have to respect that. It's like as as I said to Ken, like this is not this might not be a game that he enjoys because of the factors that he mentioned and how much they mean to him. So and that's fine, right? There's a plenty of games that Ken loves and enjoys that I don't even want to touch with like a ten foot pole, and that's okay too because we have different things that we want in a video game <clears throat> and different kind of tolerance levels of it as well. I think I think that's a good point to make. So yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting discussion that kind of came out of nowhere, but I enjoy that. I have I I have one more thing I want to bring up about Persona Five that's kind of irking me. Sure. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure in Persona Four, particularly Golden, they made it to where your main character can fall in battle and it's not game over. Uh, why it's did been they off go? And on. Why did uh, they go back to that in Persona Five? I think it is actually game over in Persona 4 Golden it, as well. It, well, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure there was a game, I can't remember which one, where if your main character died in combat, you it wasn't game over. Because here's the deal. I have tons of revised, you know, revitalizing items in my inventory. Why can't I just have Ryuji use a fucking revival bead on my main character and I'm back? You know, Joe, like, as, as, as someone that always talks about, like, you know, how important difficulty and challenges, I agree with you there. Because in Persona 5 and in Persona games in general, right, you can get ambushed and get murdered instantaneously. Yeah. And just that getting punished that hard for one mistake and lose, like, an hour, more, maybe even more progress is devastating. And I agree with you there. Luckily, I've only fallen in battle during boss fights or mini boss fights where mm-hmm. it allows you to retry the battle um, because there's certain battles in the game even when you're playing on normal they'll allow you to just retry that battle because it is really a luck of the draw you don't know what who's going to target who or what but the thing is and the problem I have with that is that you spend so let's say you're doing a boss fight mm-hmm. you'll spend half of your time just trying to make sure the main character is buffed up with with defense and special defense and stuff like that. Better evasion. You're wasting your turns just to make one make sure one person survives this battle. That's bullshit. Really, Drew? I, I never had to put any defensive buffs on my guy. He was like, you just buy the the good like armor and have decent persona. That's not a completely weak, weak to whatever the boss is using, and you're fine. You don't have, you don't need defensive buffs. Well, I mean, it's happened to me multiple times, and I, all I do is I'll, I'll waste a turn buffing up the main character just so he survives <clears throat> while the other teammates are you know wasting their turns. And I'm just like, well, this is crap. Like that's why. Why the fuck do they have that? I'm like that really pisses me off. Yeah, I'd be I'd be perfectly fine if they got rid of that myself. And uh, yeah. you know, I've been I've, I've known this series for a very long time. So <laughs> I'm gonna just quickly add that a game I feel like um, recently that did not have save anywhere but did a great job uh, mm-hmm. was Horizon. 
because even though it wasn't save anywhere, they had save spots all over the place. And in very uh, well-thought-out places. Right. So. so you don't lose you don't lose an hour of progress. You might lose fifteen minutes. And I, I feel like some of the sneaking in that in Persona Five is a little clunky. I think the controls in general in that game are clunky. I don't. I think the controls are really good. Actually, I don't. I don't. I'm finding myself like, you know, running into walls, and it's just it doesn't feel good as a as a as the way it controls. But that, really? that no, I I don't. I think it's I think it's floaty. I, I think it's clunky. I don't think the character moves huh. well. The stealth doesn't feel good. It's just... Then again, I've only played it for an hour. I am not the person to talk about this game. But just one last point on the conversation we were having. Mm-hmm. There's you, you say that games aren't for everybody. This game may not be for me. I don't think it's the game that's not for me. I think it's archaic mechanics or what's not for me. I think I want to play this. It's just like I want to play Dark Souls. I find that stuff super interesting. But it's little hitches and caveats that it throws in there. Those are what annoy me. The combat doesn't annoy me. The difficulty doesn't annoy me. The bosses don't annoy me. It's the little things that sometimes are in these games, the design-wise, that annoy me. I want to play Persona. I think it looks cool as hell. You should play Persona. I'm still going to try. I spent sixty bucks on the damn thing. Yeah, and I think, and and it really, it always really irritates me when the attitude is, "What the fuck was that?" Okay. <laughs> that's that's the that's the other baseball players yelling at me. Oh, okay. <laughs> through my through my dual shock. No, just to kind of just to kind of round out this point, I just I just find it really irritating when everybody wants you to try the games that they love so that you can you know share that love with them, and then you mm-hmm. find an issue with it, and they're like, "Well, this isn't for you," and I'm like, "But I kind of want to play this game. I just don't want to deal with its disrespect for my time." And I don't but, see why that's a bad... Like, the thing that Drew told me to do, where, like, if you die, you put it on the super easy mode, and if you die, you just start over. I did that. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. I don't care about yeah. that. But the fact that you can't save anywhere in, like, a two-hour dungeon, that's really fucking annoying. Like, that's that makes not me a, not want to play that, you know? That's not... That's that's Once again, that's an incredible exaggeration of the facts. Because I've never gone more than... Thirty minutes tops without being able to save ever. I mean, that's, that, that's that's true. I'm just saying in that specific instance, they were what, introducing that, a new mechanic, basically, where you know, oh, let's go into mementos, and I did that, and I was like, shit, I got to go through multiple fucking layers of this thing before I can save. And all I wanted to do was go to fucking sleep. I mean, that that was that was the only time that actually fucking happened. Out of that one single time, out of how many hours of playtime? And that is like the caveat that you're using as like Ken's not going to play that game because of this one section, and that's like eh. if you if you're so reluctant to because of certain like elements and mechanics that you don't like, then I I don't know I don't I don't know how to convince somebody I, the game's not going to change just for you. Uh, I mean they might patch some things and then make it easier or maybe change things around, but I have no control around around that at all. So the only thing I can say that like, well, if you don't like these things, then I don't know what to tell you. Then you don't really like, you know, certain segments of the game. And if they matter to you too much, then you can't enjoy this game that much. And that's a pity for, you know, both me and the other person in question, because like Ken said, I want to share in the things that I love. But I've accepted the fact that there are things that I love that other people won't enjoy as much or at all. And I'm okay with that. 
it's not it's not a, it's not me being pissy at people, but I've just accepted the fact that we have different tastes and things matter in different values, and I don't see a problem with that at all. No, all. I don't that's, see a problem. I don't see a problem with people having different opinions on games. It's just sometimes people get real defensive about things, like oh, it should be this way, and I'm like, yeah, but if it wasn't, more people would play it. And I that's guess. that's the thing. Like, it, it, I don't agree that making a game more accessible is always better. Like, there are certain cases, like the difficulty modes, you know, for like Dark Souls or like even Persona. I think those are good. That's a really great way to make the game more accessible for more people. But there are some things that you can change from from like the as you say, like what you call archaic uh, mechanics. But they're like a core of like what made these make these games feel nostalgic and fun for me and a lot of other people. So when you kind of remove that, then you're making the game less fun for other people to make it more accessible for people that may or may not even be interested in the game. So you have to focus on your demographic and make the game forward. And once you kind of start losing the thread, then every game's going to be fucking Call of Duty. Every game's going to look the same. Every game's going to control the same. Every game's going to have the same structure. And that's not the future of the gaming industry that I want to live in, personally. But See, the, I, I, I think that's insane because I think what sells Persona is its style, its combat, and its story, all mm-hmm. of which are not affected by the issues I have with this game. Issues which can be mitigated if you were to use the, the rest mode thing. That, see it, again an excuse, and I don't. It's I don't not an excuse. It's a part like of the okay. system. <laughs> We're thirty minutes into this podcast. My God, it's just it's maddening to me. All right, no more persona. <laughs> I was gonna say this. Uh, that's like half the show on one game. You get y'all are nerds. You know what the funny thing is? You, I haven't says the guy playing digital baseball at all about Shut the up. game. So <laughs> great. Well, talk about persona. Talk about it. Go ahead. Ugh. <sighs> It feels like we've been talking about it for so long. It's all been negative, too. Hey, Jason <laughs> joined. I think he played Persona. Uh, What's up? <laughs> Is he there? Yeah, so you, yeah you, guys, you guys are bumming me out, man. I got to tell you. Hey, but why, uh, why let me actually talk about the yours? actual game itself. Hey, all right, all right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Yeah. How the fuck do you think I feel two years ago whenever we had Game of the Year podcast and I said Dragon Age Inquisition is my favorite game of the year, and you said it's a piece of shit. <laughs> well, I, I spoke, uh, you know, in jest and hyperbole, but I, I kind of pointed out the flaws of which you all agreed on, including <laughs> Sophie, who also had it as her game of the year as well, if I remember. I think. Hey, we, ex- we, accept, we accept your criticisms. Maybe you should share us the same respect, Jay. <laughs> Uh, I feel like I've been pretty, I've been pretty good with accepting your criticism. Not that I agree with all of them, but actually, no, I actually agree with most of them. Like the whole thing with the main character dying and being able to save in story cutscenes, I think those are good changes. I think if they like make that in a patch, I think the game will be better for it overall. But like, not using rest mode and things like that because something bad happened once. It's like I don't okay. But anyway, moving on to what actually makes Persona Five a, a great game is that. If you have never played a Persona game, or whether you have or you have not, the way they handle social interactions and the, what they call social links in this game is really something exceptional. Because when you run into a new person of interest, they are kind of categorized as a, like a tarot card, right? Like Hierophant, like a Temperance, Devil, Death, lovers. stuff like that. Yeah, lovers. Yeah. Uh, and what happens is that as you get to know these people better, you are uh, given certain powers, 
Um, so depending on, let's say, for example, without going too deep into uh, spoilers, I'll mention one person in particular because I thought his mechanic was very interesting. There's a politician, and his, uh, his tarot card is the sun. And what he is is that he's kind of like a disgraced politician who fell from grace after there was a scandal years ago. And, you know, throughout all of that experience, he wants to kind of kind of redeem himself and make the country a better place for everyone around him. And it really comes across that this is a person, he's a politician, so the skills that you learn from him is the ability to talk better. You know, so whether, you know, when you're, when you're in like a dungeon and you want to negotiate with the... Uh, like different types of demons and personas or whatever, and you want to like shadows. Yeah, shadows is the right terminology. Uh, you want to talk. You want to. You want them to join your group as a persona that you can use and fuse and whatever. Then he teaches you skill to negotiate with these shadows better, and it makes sense because what is a politician good for other than talking, right? So he teaches you these speech uh, like techniques, and as you get to know this guy better and better, like your charisma, uh, your charisma increases as well. Uh, your ability to talk to uh, like uh, shadows and make it easier for them to get on your side or even kind of like exploit them for like money and items and stuff like that. So it makes sense. Contextually speaking, learning from a politician allows you to speak better, increases your, your charisma, and it makes perfect sense. And the game is chock full with these like different types of social links. And these social links are very interesting and uh, some of them are very touching as well. They end up in places I didn't think they would go. And... Um, it's much more involved than the, it's, it has ever been. I think the social link in particular in Persona 5 is on a different level than most of the whole social connections that you make in the other games. Uh, it is because, so I mean, they give you stuff now. So, like, if you increase a social rank, it's not just you're getting more experience whenever you fuse mm-hmm. a Persona. You're getting abilities. And that's fantastic. You know, because let's be honest, when you first start that game, talking to a demon is kind of like a crapshoot. You don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Usually I end up pissing him off, and he just wants to fight more. So I never know, you know what to say to demons. Yeah. Yeah, they have, like, different personalities that you kind of have to go to. Yeah, honestly enough, this is kind of like the watered-down version of what it is normally like in Shin Megami Tensei for negotiating with demons. But it's still pretty good. Like, uh, it, it gives you an idea. And it will take you a, certain, uh, a few tries in order to uh, get some of them. But um, it's interesting that they added more Shin Megami Tensei techniques into Persona. Because yeah. they've been kind of divorced from each other pretty drastically. Got the guns back and all that stuff. Yeah, the, the gun's a nice addition, by the way. Being able to get a weakness just by using you know, you know, a bullet or so. It's a pretty nice touch. Uh, the other thing that I really enjoy is the fact that the dungeons now are not just procedurally generated. I think, hands down, the most um, disappointing aspects of Persona 3 and 4 were the dungeons that you go to. These like elaborate labyrinths of... Labor, labor, huh? But uh, basically, so they're, they're procedurally generated and they just kind of open doors and just kind of keep going down, 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 down with mini bosses in between. They're just, yeah, they look different and they have like, you know, kick ass like music to them, but they're really boring to get through, honestly. And it's just kind yeah. of a chore. But in Persona 5, each dungeon is, you know, carefully, uh, carefully like designed and they're, they're, they have some like really unique, unique aspects to each levels that you have to really take into consideration. So each dungeon has its own thing that you have to worry about. And there's a really smooth progression throughout the levels with a lot of rest spots where you can you know, save and kind of get out and whatever you want. But you can also take the risk and decide to say like, okay, going back means I'm, I've wasted this day and this day is over. 
So if you finish the dungeon faster, you're rewarded with more days that you can spend doing social links, increasing your personal stats, gaining more money by doing part-time jobs and all that stuff. So it behooves you to kind of get these dungeons faster, but it also adds challenge because your resource starts dwindling down and uh, the dungeons get more and more elaborate. And I've enjoyed every single dungeon I've uh, gone through so far. They're really cleverly designed. <clears throat> they have really neat uh, shortcuts. Uh, some of the boss fights especially have been the, the highlights. I think um, there's a lot of really good creativity when it comes to designing the bosses and how they interact with people. And what their thing is, kind of like how someone is uh, very greedy or how someone is very much like a, like a pervert and how that inf- uh, reflects on their shadow and the kind of boss fight that you have is really fun to see how it all plays out. And there's a tremendous buildup to each villain slash antagonist that you face. So as you progress through the game, there's like this setup, like, oh, you learn who they are, you learn what they've done. And then there's like a step-by-step process that really builds these people up to the point where you want to take them down. And I think that's very important because I think whether you fight an epic boss fight or not, if you didn't really have the desire to take them down in the first place, it's kind of a moot point. Uh, I mean, I can go on and on about how great this game is in, in terms of a lot of things that it does right. But, uh, yeah, I'll just leave it there because uh, once I finish the game, I think I'll have my final thoughts uh, to share. So I'll try to get that probably next week, but I don't, I don't know. But all I can say is that once I beat the game, there's a very good likelihood that I want to start New Game Plus immediately. Uh, that's one of those, like, Persona, 5, uh, Persona games are really fun on New Game Plus because you get to carry over all your, all your Persona and your personal stats that allow you to do certain things differently. So looking forward to that. Right. But yeah, that's that's our Persona Five One Hour Corner. Drew, did you play anything else? I did actually. You can't talk about snowmobiles. Okay. Um. Well, I uh, finished up The Last of Us. Oh boy! Oh, did you now? Wow. Yep. How'd you like that ending? Oh man. <laughs> that you know, we'll talk about it on Phoenix Down. <laughs> that's kind of a shitty ending, to be yeah, honest with you. That's kind of the point. Really. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think you mean shitty as in bad. I think you mean oh, shitty as okay. in the, the, yeah, the yeah, tone yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah. Like, that's it? Really? Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. But, um, yeah, finish that up. Uh, I would say that I have more respect for that game now, but I still think I don't like that combat. Okay. There's plenty of times where I, you know... I just feel like the aiming is just fucking bad. Yeah, I don't. I I just don't think they've mastered the third person shooter aiming. Like, like I feel like there's no way to like shoot a guy twice in a row. Because yeah. it, recoil? yeah. Well, not just recoil, but just like I shoot a guy, he'll stumble for like two seconds. I'm recoiling, and then you know maybe I have to shift where I'm standing, mm-hmm. and then by the time I'm ready to shoot him again, he's. He's juked me out or some shit, and I'm just like, what the fuck? They you don't know? have they don't have really good touch on the on the aiming movement. Like yeah. it's it's hard to it's it's hard to pinpoint a target in that game. Yeah, but uh, I um I did finish that. I did the uh, Last of Us or not the Last no, <laughs> Left Behind DLC. Oh, uh, you which, did you played it again? Uh, yeah, because okay. um, we wanted to talk about it on the show too, so. But we did that, um, and then I started up um, because I was – Laura had watched me play a lot of that, and she's like, I want to see another horror game. And I'm like, I don't really have Ooh. any other horror games because she – I don't know. She's getting into it. She really loved Until Dawn. 
She absolutely loved well, that. That's a great yeah, that's, that's a good game, man. Yeah, it really is good for co-op she, as well. She, she loved watching that and like watching decisions make and how they play out and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, and I was like, I don't really have any other really horror games, but I do have a game I haven't booted up yet. I got a couple weeks ago. What? So I booted up Dead Rising Four. <laughs> oh. That's not hard. <laughs> I, that's why I told her. I was like, this isn't really a horror game, but it has zombies in it. She says, okay, well, I, let's let's try it. So I booted it up, and within minutes, it's like, <laughs> it's a comedy, basically. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, like, because <laughs> he gets tricked. They're like, where are we going? Oh, we're going to Willamette. I thought you said we were going to mini golf. What? And then, <laughs> and then it's just like, she's like, what is this? I'm like, it's a comedy more than it is anything. But, um... Uh, if I may may make a suggestion for something that might be fun to play with the 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 fiance is like uh, like a Walking Dead day, Walking Dead game, you know, like a yeah. Walking Dead season two or something like that. Or if you if she maybe have her play season one, you know, I think that's something that I think a lot of people that generally don't play games have a lot of fun either participating or playing themselves because the controls and everything are pretty self explanatory, you know. Maybe yeah. so maybe you that play, might be something to fun. Maybe you hmm? play season one. Season one was still when they were experimenting with like aiming and stuff like that, and it's frustrating even for people who play video games because it's not very good. But they kind of got away with that, away from that in season two and three, if I've heard, if I remember correctly. Uh, there isn't a lot of that like shooting and stuff like that, though. And I mean, you know, it's mostly there's just a, dialogue. Yeah, there's a few instances of yeah, it, it's just, it's just but they went away in seasons two and three. See, but, she's not much of a player anyway. Mm-hmm. She would be she she would be more than satisfied just watching me play something, um, which is why she actually liked watching The Last of Us, even though it was very tense. She she liked mm-hmm. the the interactions and stuff like that with the characters. Um, I tried the Life is Strange with her, and she she tried playing it originally. Okay. Um, and she uh, dual analog sticks. No, that's <laughs> that is one hurdle that I don't think she'll ever get over. Oh, that, um, that doesn't help. That game is boring as shit. Sorry, I know, oh, you, I know you love it. it. I just, I just found that game so boring. I think, I think the game is overrated, but it's still good. I think it's a fantastic game. Hey, there you go. Um, but yeah, I, I booted up the Dead Rising Four for probably about, mm, I'd say I played probably three hours of it. I played some um, of that this week too, but I played the post-game DLC. I I didn't realize this because when I installed it, which took forever, then it installed 24 gigabytes of updates. Yeah, that game's been updated a lot since it came out. And I'm like, what the fuck? Is this a new game? Kind of. They added the the super hard mode that people cried about that wasn't there. Um, I don't know if the game has glitched on me or what, but there are zero tutorials popping up. Yeah, there's something wrong because they usually crop up and uh, they show up in your your menu as well, like all the different stuff you can do. The my issue was was it was saying you have to use healing items. So it says use a healing item to heal yourself, and I was I had every fucking I was like, what the fuck's going on? I was like, normally it'll pop up saying hit down on the D pad to use healing items, but it didn't pop up, and I was like, why the fuck is this shit not popping up? Also, it didn't have any of my inventory showing up. I went to the menu. All that fucking shit was turned off on by default, That's and weird. I was like, "Why?" It so was... it wouldn't show me my health. It wasn't showing my inventory. <clears throat> it wasn't showing anything. I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Which difficulty so thought, did you pick when you started? Normal. 
Well, then, yeah, because the hard one, I could understand why, but... I don't know why everything was turned off. Subtitles was turned off. The mini-map was turned off. Everything was turned off when I started this game up. That's, That's weird. weird. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I uh, after I dealt that, started messing around with it. I like that game. It's a good game. It's um, yeah. It's different than the other ones like they've streamlined everything like you can combo fucking weapons at some point without having to actually have both weapons I um well I like how it's you know it used to be like oh you need nails and a baseball bat to make the nail bat but now as long as you have a baseball bat and something that ki- is kind of like nails yeah yeah just just use that yeah and you combo you know? right there on the spot you don't have to go workbench like in three yep like it's it, the, the upgrade tree in that game makes that game so easy by the end. <laughs> and you level up like crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Within that three hours, I was already like level seven. And I'm like, okay, yeah. we're good. Yeah. I was like, there is no real need to restart this game like you used to in the no, original games. No, this is a straight point A to point B game. And, uh, yeah, I it was fun. She, she was like, I don't know if I like this game. I'm like, why not? She's like... <laughs> Because in De- uh, you know in the Last of Us you feel bad killing shit, in this one you're supposed to kill shit. <laughs> and she, I was like, that's awesome though. She's like, I worry about you sometimes. But but how can you kill that is already dead? I was like, yeah, there's zombies already dead. Hey, in the uh, DLC you get to play as a zombie. What? Yeah. It's like okay. a regular ass like slow moving zombie. Well, not a regular ass zombie, but I'll leave that alone. Is that okay. DLC free or no? No, it's part of the season pass. It was the first pack that came out. Um, you play as a zombie and you actually like you have to eat people to keep your health up. Interesting. It's kind of neat. It's what I played this week in, in Dead Rising 4. But um, that DLC literally starts with the ending of the game. So if you haven't beat it, don't boot it up until you beat that game. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So Yeah, nah, I played some of that. Um... I, I had a good time with it, what I did play. I like that game. That game got kind of forgotten and shit on, but it was a fun game. It came out at a weird time. Yeah, it was like after the holiday rush, beginning yeah. of December. Because <clears throat> of the whole Christmas theme. Which is still great. Pause the game and just listen to the music. It's fantastic. Yeah. They got all these weird like remixes of Christmas <laughs> songs. They play like the, was it, the Nutcracker yeah. theme? Yeah. And uh, it's like a fucking accordion. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there going through the menu. She's like, what the fuck is this music? <laughs> it's the Nutcracker performed by Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. But, um, oh, wait. Weird Al Yankovic songs? In, uh, no, he, play, he plays the accordion. Yeah. yeah. It's a joke. But it's, uh, it, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. So, But uh, I think that's it. I have not been able to jump into uh, the silver case yet eh, that's good because it's not out and I don't think you're allowed to talk about it anyway yeah even though it's been out for decades hey, hey, I, I wasn't allowed to t- I wasn't allowed to talk about Bulletstorm last week okay uh, are you able to talk about it this week yeah it's, uh, it came out okay. Friday cool. so but nobody else gets to talk about games because Drew took up the whole hour sorry no <laughs> I didn't take up the whole hour you guys arguing no 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 I yeah yeah we're good Jason are you there you joined like 20 minutes ago, and I asked you to say hi, and you didn't say hi. Knock, knock. <laughs> Who's there? Who's there? Greetings, programs. 
<laughs> Greetings program <laughs> too. What's up? Greetings <laughs> programs. How's it going, guys? What's up, man? <laughs> Good enough. Do you do I'm you want right. do you want to talk about video games? Did you play any video games? Sure. I played sure. a couple. Oh, what's up? Thing is, though, I don't get much gaming time nowadays because uh, I work twelve-hour shifts. Oh, yeah, kind of sucks. You know, twelve-hour shifts. It takes me thirty-five to forty minutes to drive to work and back. <laughs> so when do you so, sleep? Wow. Um, sometime in the middle of the night, but not for too long because I have to wake back up and then be back to work, like three hours before sun sunrise. It's uh, yeah, it's a pretty crazy schedule. But anyway, I have found some time to play some games. Um, I did pick up Persona Five this week. Nice. And I'm only one hour into the game, so I'm about as far as can. But uh, um, I realized something when I started playing it. Well, after after I finished playing the first hour, and that's uh. You know, if I really want to actually beat any game at all, I need to finish the ones that I've already started. And and the game that I really want that I really want to beat so, sometime soon um, is uh, Zelda. Hmm. You better get on that. It's a big game. Yeah, I'm a uh, I'm currently twenty four shrines in. Only a hundred more to go. Yeah, I don't. I don't plan on uh, one hundred one hundred percenting it. I'm just uh, uh, if I you know when I beat Ganon, I'll be like. Well, have you taken game, down any of the divine beasts yet? No, none yet. Oh, I'm. Uh, you should. You yeah. should do that because the things they give you make that game a lot better. So which. Which divine beast should I take out first? I would go for the Rito Village first. That's the. Uh, I think the power the power you get from that is is the most useful out of the four. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Sure. That's the uh, that's the giant bird sky fortress, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's also not hard. That's probably the easiest dungeon that I did. Okay. If you if you can get the master sword before you do it, but no, that's mm. that's that takes a long time with a lot of shrines done, though. So that takes about uh, fifty shrines, I think, to get the thirteen heart containers. If you've only been getting heart, I suppose, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, also that one. There's also that one statue where you can trade stamina containers for hearts containers, yeah, and vice yep, versa. True. And also, you know, beating a divine uh, beast also gives you a heart straight up. So, yep. you know, getting those done. Uh, my my personal suggestion is that it takes a long time to get to point A to point B, especially if you're like me that gets gets distracted by shrines and stuff like that on the way there. So yeah. just go to the divine beast you're closest to, which is probably the water beast. That's that's what most people end up doing. That's, and that's the fine. One, that's the one I did first. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, after that's what I most got people the, do. after I got the Rito Village, when I was like, man, I wish I'd have done this one first. <laughs> yeah, that would have helped, but that's also like way to the side of it, so it's kind of hard to get to. Yeah, I I definitely did the the uh, the Gorons last because that area is such a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah, that that place is rough. Definitely saved that one for last. Cool, but uh, yeah, I am. 
I am truly still loving the game. I think it's, I think it's absolutely incredible. It, and no, it's 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 not the best game that's ever been made. It's vindicated. It's not. <laughs> it's not. There's a couple of things that irritate me about the game. The weapon breaking, of course, is irritating. Um, and uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> but uh, God damn, what is the best game ever? Then shit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't think yeah. there is one. I know. I'm just. I'm having fun with it. I think it's Personally, all, all down to individual preference. Well, you know, other than Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger, I don't know what the best games are. You know, I don't, I don't know. Link to the Past. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Starcraft. Yeah, pretty good. I, I was thinking, Super Mario World. Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid. Omega Boost. Omega <laughs> <laughs> Boost. Mario uh, 64. That's a pretty good one. I was thinking, like, where it would fall in my uh, top games of all time. And I think it falls at number five. Um, Ooh, specific. I like it. Yeah. Um, my top three are actually no specific order. Um, that it's, it's uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, uh, Super Metroid, and uh, Final Fantasy VI. You have excellent taste, sir. Thank you. That's... Uh, yeah, that's my top three in no specific no specific order, and then followed closely by fourth place, which would be Chrono Trigger, and then fifth place, which would be Breath of the Wild. Your list sorely lacks StarCraft, sir. <laughs> hey, StarCraft would probably be number six. <laughs> I have never in my life played StarCraft. It's gonna be free, Drew. We're gonna force you to review that. Re- Actually, I'm not sure if Ken wants it, but regardless, like, you're gonna you're gonna play that game. We're gonna make you. You get to play StarCraft or Brood War for free when that thing comes out. Play it and remaster to boot. You know, with better visuals and shit. I really, you know, really don't like real time strategy games. Uh, you don't have it, to. It's that it good. Is, it is awesome, it, Drew. It is Blizzard. I know. It's it's the, it's pretty much the game that made Blizzard Blizzard. Mm, I, don't, I think it's Warcraft or Diablo. Truthfully, I, I played Warcraft I back in the day. Warcraft was pretty big. Uh, all I can say is that like I didn't like card games until I played the one Blizzard made. I didn't like uh, you know I didn't like RTS until I played the one Blizzard made. So when it comes to I didn't like MMORPGs until I played the one that Blizzard made. So if there's a genre of a game that you don't like and Blizzard made one, play that one. I, I didn't I didn't like hero shooters until I played the one Blizzard. <laughs> there you go. That's Blizzard I didn't like made, I didn't like MOBAs until I played Heroes of the Storm. You, you exactly. know what, you know what's funny is I didn't like RTS until I played StarCraft and after StarCraft I don't think I like RTS. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I tried to play other RTS games and they suck. I don't know. I, I like a lot of I like the kid. first two uh the first actually honestly the first three Warcraft games, so Yeah, they're they're good too. They're good games, I they played, are. Yeah, I played the crap out of Warcraft and Humans. Yeah, yeah. You should play StarCraft Druid, it's so fucking good. Yep. Oh, Starcraft. God. <sighs> yeah. Well we will correct that mistake sooner. I mean later. it's it's gonna be free. You gotta play it. So it play like awesome. the single player part of it. Play yeah, both dude. single player or multiplayer. I mean, don't the, play against people on Battle.net, Drew. Please don't. Like, don't play against me or anything. But like, play the story mode and just enjoy that story. It's epic. It's awesome. It's great. Will, some some will, of the most memorable characters in RTS history. I will play with you. And the best thing to do multiplayer is to like play against the bots. 
to learn yeah, how to yes. play, and it's super fun. Can you do co-op? Yeah, we can play on yeah. the same team. Okay. We can play against one, two, three computers. Does it depend on how good you get? Yeah, do huh. two versus six computers. Yeah, just uh, just make sure there's Zerg Rush, baby. The computer sure loves the computer loves <laughs> Zerg Rush. Yep. Rush. <sighs> so good. The Zergs. All right, we should we should focus on video games because there's still like three people left to talk. So anything else? Yeah, I also downloaded um, for for the Switch um, a couple Neo Geo games, uh, King of Fighters '94 and uh, Metal Slug Three, <sighs> and uh, uh, both of those are freaking excellent. It's pretty awesome to have them as a console slash portable version, and they're they look just like the arcade, and there's tons of options. You, you should. Um, the Switch has two games that I want, but I've started my collection on Xbox One. Mm-hmm. You should pick up uh, Shock Troopers. Uh, you know, I was thinking that might be my next game. And you should pick up Waku Waku Seven. And that might be the next game after that. Yeah, those <laughs> are the two I that I. Those are the two that I want. I picked up um, Galaxy Warriors Ultimate Battle because it hit Xbox uh-huh. on Thursday. Uh, I've got like seven of those things now, but I really want. Nice. I really want Shock Troopers because that game is so good, but it hasn't hit Xbox yet, and that's where my collection is, so I want to wait. I, yeah. I think we should stop recommending games to Jason until it finishes Zelda. I think that's for the <laughs> good of all mankind. Oh, absolutely. Like, there, there's no other games. Like, this year has been shit for games, Jason. Like, don't you play Zelda. No other game is good. Just play that game. Yeah. Well, well here, here's the thing. I don't mind really playing any other games outside of Zelda. Just as long as it's a game that I that I can get some justification out of, mm. maybe ten, fifteen, maybe at the most twenty minutes of gameplay without becoming like super invested in like some kind of like big story or uh, uh, mechanics. Then you like should Overwatch yeah, or something. You should definitely yeah. shelve Persona. You should. Yeah, and uh, one last thing, um, I picked up a. Uh, what what is now becoming not quite as rare, um, uh, controller pro for the Switch. That thing is nice, dude. That is like, it's like that's like five times better controls than the Joy Cons. <laughs> it's it, it is so good. Joy Cons are so bad. <laughs> yeah, the Joy Cons are the they're serviceable. But the pro controller, man, it that just hits it right home. That that's where it, the controls feel good, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I I looked at a ton of stores. It was crazy. I, I literally like over the course of like a week and a half, been to like five Myers, five, well, probably about six or seven WalMarts, about four Targets, and then one lowly day we went to a uh, uh, Meyer of all places and. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go game section and see what they have. I looked right at the Switch section, and there was just one sitting there. And I'm, I'm like, I'm buying it. I could see him running around looking for somebody to open the glass case. Hey! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it kind of was like that. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but, yeah, I got a, got a pro controller, so it's, it's all good. And, oh, yeah, oh, one more thing. I also played the uh, the early 
I guess, early beta of uh, Splatoon 2 for the Switch. The test fire. Yeah. um, Unfortunately, it was um, before I obtained the the Pro Controller. But uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I I know the the trailers uh, didn't really make it look any better than the original Splatoon, but when you actually see it in person and it's like, you can you can definitely tell that the textures that they that they use are uh, superior um, to the original game, and uh, I mean the gameplay is pretty much exactly the same gameplay, but uh, the, the the new dual wielding um, option to where it gives you uh, like dodge moves that that was pretty cool. So um, really looking forward to playing that when it comes out this summer. So that was that was a fun game too. All right. And uh, and that's it. Alright, so Jay, you want to talk about something besides Persona? Uh, well, that that's the game that I focus most of my time on, for obvious reasons. But I will say that I've been playing a game called uh, A Rose in the Twilight for a while now. Off and on on the Vita. And the Vita is perfect for that. You know, just like you know, having it on the go, or just in that moment where you gotta go to the bathroom for a second. Like, Haha. But, uh, man, I am stuck in that game. I haven't gotten this stuck in a video game in a long time, especially a review game. And uh, I've been I've been trying to beat this section of a game where it's like a puzzle element thing, where I gotta figure out a way to get something from uh, this really elaborate obstacle thing. And I've been stuck there for like days. I put like maybe twenty, thirty minutes into it every time I boot it up, but I can't I can't get past it. It's infuriating. Um, at this point, I'm just going to wait until the game actually comes out and someone writes a fact or there's like YouTube videos of it or something like that. But I just feel like it's one of those things where you, when you see the solution, you're going to feel like a complete asshole. It was so easy because <laughs> I'm ready for that event. But um, it's been a long time since I've gotten this stuck in a video game. So that's something. Now you but know the how actual... the rest of us plebs feel. Man, that that must be rough. <laughs> I'm sorry for you guys. But you know, I got I must walk up walk amongst the peasants once in a while to to know how great I have it up there. So just kidding, just, just joking, but not really. Uh, so I've been playing that. Um, but yeah, that's it, man. Persona Five just taking all my time, and I want to give it more of my time. If I wasn't here, like it means a lot to you guys that I'm here and not playing Persona Five. We're we're okay? graced by your presence and your Indeed. superior gaming abilities. You're welcome. <laughs> But yeah, that's short one for me. Alright. Um, Wombat, I know you got baseball players yelling at you. Yeah, I got baseball players yelling at me. Uh, I've been playing a lot of MLB The Show, trying to get it wrapped up. Well, not wrapped up, because I'll play it all year. But You have to avenge um, that ghost, right? In the, from the story mode? It is, that was NBA. Oh, right, right, right. That was NBA. He don't uh, know. He no. don't know. They both got balls in him. He don't know. <laughs> the... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I I sent my review to Ken yesterday. Um, I gave it a nine. Uh, it's fantastic. It's exactly what I hoped it would be. Um, coming off a, a, a year long hiatus for me, um, and uh, yeah, it's if you love baseball, you should buy it. I thought about okay. buying it. And I don't even like baseball. It's so good. It's uh, so is good. there another game out there? That is baseball that's better than MLB the show? Or is that just the best one, objectively? The, the crazy thing about the show is mm-hmm. that it's as it's it's consistently 
one of, if not the best sports game every year. And there is almost no competition. Well, let's be fair. There is um, no competition. RBI don't count. Yeah, yeah. I mean, RBI is the only other option. And it's like arcadey baseball. What happened um, to EA's baseball games? What happened to those things? They stopped making them a long time ago. Yeah. Um, oh. they, um, Didn't they lose the rights to them? Yeah, they lost the rights. And uh, what's but what's been crazy though is like 2K tried to make a baseball series, awful. Um, it was awful, and they stopped making it because it was so awful. Hmm. Um, there were some parts. Now I shouldn't say there were a couple cool things in 2K that the show series later kind of incorporated, but um, no, there. I haven't seen a series. And I don't play Madden, so Ken can can argue with me on the Madden front. Wouldn't be the first argument on this podcast, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, the uh, uh, but there hasn't been a series that a sports series that has been it's consistently good as this one ever, as far as I'm concerned. No, uh, I I agree with you there. Madden does improve every year, but it's not on the level that MLB or even NBA does, because NBA does a pretty good job too. Yeah, and but in, the thing about NBA, NBA has been fantastic for like the last four years, right? Mm-hmm. But um, before that, there were, it was hit and miss. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. So um, MLB, the MLB series, I've been playing and enjoying the MLB series since like MLB '98. Um, so it's, I mean, it's it's pretty incredible how good what they've been able to do with this series, and they do it by doing exactly what you should do with a sports series. And that's not trying to get over your skis, finding a couple things every year that you can make better that have a high impact and making them better and keeping the stuff that you don't need to tinker with, leave it alone. Just leave it alone. If you don't need to mess with it, just leave it alone. Leave <laughs> don't it mess alone. with it for the sake of messing with it. Um, so anyway, um, it's, it's great. Buy it. Play it. Um, especially Road to the Show. Um, even if you're not a baseball fan, if you like RPGs, you'd probably like Road to the Show. Yeah, uh, Road to the Show. Like I have to say, because last was well, I've reviewed two MLB games. I believe you did review last year's game. I looked it up. Okay, yeah, you definitely reviewed last. I didn't review last year's because I didn't play last year's. Um, but I reviewed two of them, and the first time I reviewed one, I was like, God, the last baseball game I played it was fucking like you know. King Griffey Jr. on the Super NES. Um, what the show does is that you can tailor how you want to play that game. It's so customizable. And if you want it to be as simple as hitting a button to swing the bat, you totally can. And you know what? It's viable. It's yep. not like I'm screwing myself over because I'm not using the, the stick to swing and stuff like that. And... They do a really good job with tutorials. I mean, it's very user friendly. There's like for... four. There's like four different ways to pitch. There's like three or four different ways you can hit. Um, and if you liked King Griffey Jr., uh, Drew, you're, you're you're in luck because the new uh, in this year's the show they have a retro mode, which is basically King Griffey Jr.'s presents Major League Baseball. Oh, okay, great. Wow, um, complete that is with awesome. complete with King Griffey Jr. coming in every now and then and saying. Hey, nice catch. Um, and uh, when you hit the ball, it does the... Oh, snap. 
It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty cool. God Why the fuck did you tell want, me this? Now I, I gotta buy this fucking game. I don't want to buy another <laughs> game. Fuck. <laughs> ah, Ryan, you sold it so yeah. well. And like you, uh, you, to pitch in the retro mode, you just, all you can do is like pick if you're going to throw a fastball or a changeup and move your pitcher left or right on the mound. That's <laughs> basically all you can do. Uh, and when you bat, you're basically just picking whether you swing or bunt. That's Basically, and you can move him back and forth or forward and back in the batter's box. Um, that sounds great. Yeah, you can turn on 8-bit mode, which basically uh, scrambles the pixel. It's not really 8-bit. It scrambles the pixels, though, of all the characters, so it looks retro. It looks yeah. like it looks like if a if a, um, a Super Nintendo game was trying to recreate the graphics of a modern game. Gotcha. It's that's, nice. that's actually really awesome, but. Yeah, I mean, the show I have to give it to them because I hadn't I hadn't played a simulation baseball game, you might as well say ever, and I was easily into Road to the Show mode, having a fucking blast. Yep, it's so good, and that's the great thing about Road to the Show is that you just play what your character can do. You know, yep. I was a shortstop, so I only saw probably five plays the entire game because that's when the ball was hit to me. So instead of yep. me sitting around waiting for something to happen, it just says, okay, in this game, this happened to you. And even that you can customize. So you can, obviously, you play every plate appearance. So every time you bat, you play. But if you only want to play non-standard fielding opportunities, you can only play non-standard fielding opportunities. If you only want to play, uh, if you only want to um, do the base running when you're the lead runner and you have a chance to steal, you can do that. If you don't want to base run at all, you can turn it off. And it'll auto base run for you. Um, you don't even have to watch it. Even within Road to the Show, if you're like, man, this is a close game. I'm really kind of invested in what my team's doing, not just what I'm doing. You can also um, uh, watch every other player and not control them if you want to. Um, it's the, it's got the game has the flexibility to do just about anything you want it to. Yeah, it's so, really cool. Yeah, anybody out there who is it sounds interesting. Give it a shot because yeah. you know, the show is the I'd say the best sports game out there. I agree, and I, I'm someone who loves NBA, and this this is the show is consistently better than NBA even on a yearly basis. It's crazy. Anyway, that's my that's my MOB the show commercial for the year. <laughs> who put this thing on head games? <laughs> Uh, other than that, I haven't played anything. Um, my, um, I'm sure I'll probably. I'm on vacation this week, and uh, my son's out on spring break, so I'm sure. In addition to playing actual baseball uh, with him, I'm sure we'll play some more Zelda and some some other stuff as the week goes on. But Did you uh, manage to finish Horizon yet, Ryan? No, I I haven't. I um, I put it aside. For uh, MLB, so I could get the review uh, done. But gotcha. um, now I'm gonna uh, now I'm gonna uh, start mixing and matching both, Sweet. playing both. All right. The nice thing about the show is I can I can play you know three or four games in a half an hour and uh, on road to the show. And so if I've only got 20 minutes or a half an hour, I can play a little bit of the show. If I've got more time than that, I'll probably play some Horizon. All right. Well, I'll wrap it up. I don't have a whole lot to talk about. I play a lot of DLC. As I already mentioned, I played the Dead Rising DLC. I'm enjoying that. That's fun. I'm looking forward to the, the mini golf. 
which is coming next. I mean, I, I'm always down for some mini golf, especially some zombie mini golf. Uh, they also sent me a code for the four new characters in King of Fighters 14. All right. Uh, who are they? Oh, man, you're going to ask me that. Uh, I know one of them <laughs> is uh, Whip. Mm. Watch uh, me whip. One of them Watch is... Watch me... What? Sorry, you guys have never heard that song? I'm the only person who's heard that song? Yeah. Yes. I have heard of that song, but I have never actually heard the song. <laughs> Look up... I think it's called Watch Me by Silento. Sure. And it'll be stuck in... It's awful. It'll be stuck in your head the entire day. I'm good. It was on a commercial during my son's cartoons that he watches every now and then. And uh, they did like a Nickelodeon-specific version of it a year and a half ago for Labor Day. And it still gets stuck in my head on occasion. Oh, my God. Don't don't wow. put your curse on other people, Ryan, man. That's oh, I will. No, so, so it, yeah, it's Whip. <laughs> it's uh, Ryuji Yamazaki. Yamazaki, yeah, that guy's crazy. Uh, Vanessa. Ooh, nice. And Rock Howard. Oh, they oh, threw wow. a rock in there, huh? Yep. Nice. Yep. Good addition. Uh, all four characters are fun to play. Uh, I I really like Whip. Uh, she's got a couple of like throw moves that are really fun. They also added two new stages, but those are free. Uh, and they're very SNK old school stages. So one of them is like a racetrack. Um, and the other one is a moving train. Okay. That, of course, goes by um, Mount Rushmore. Because, of course, it does. But no, I forgot how much I really enjoyed that game, and I think with the addition of the four new characters, um, that will hold me until Injustice launches in 36 days. Did they ever fix the multiplayer in that game? I don't know. I don't play multiplayer. I play through the story mode. Yeah, so, I'm just that was the biggest problem with that game was that the multiplayer was just broken to fuck. I've heard it's really good now. I know Maximilian plays it a lot, and he's real picky about latency. So if he's playing it a lot, it must be pretty good. I need to pick that game up. It's really good. Uh, the the you want to talk about songs get stuck in your head? That's that the fucking theme song in that game when you go to the main menu. It's I just god damn it. Is it as catchy as indestructible? No, it's actually a good song. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, but no, if you if you enjoyed that game. I think the the four characters are really fun. Um, they were on sale this past week for like eighteen bucks for all four of them, which is, I mean, standard fare—the five bucks per character. They've also released some costumes, which are classic costumes. Um, I'm not buying those; they're like three dollars a piece, which is more than half the cost of a character. So yeah, they they did give away they gave away two free costumes at one point. They gave away classic Kyo and Cl- uh, Nightmare Geese. I did get those. But I thought they gave away the old Athena costumes as well, no? I think they might have. Okay. Um, but I know Nightmare Geese and, and Kyo were free because I picked those up the, the first day they put them out. But yeah, they've done costumes since then. They've only done like three or four, but they're all three bucks a piece, and I'm not, I'm not paying three bucks for a costume. Right. Um, I also played Lego City Undercover because it finally launched on other consoles besides the Wii U. That game is really good. Um, I don't really. I really don't like Lego games normally. I think they're really kind of boring and and very shallow. Um, uh-huh. But this one adds a lot of different, and it actually has a story, which is funny. Um, hmm. 
and there's just like it's very structured. You know, most of the Lego games they're like, here's a level, walk through it, collect a bunch of studs. Um, we're going to be real vague on what you're supposed to do in these levels, which I've always found really frustrating about the Lego games. Uh, but this game is very directed, and then there's also the big open world. Uh, you collect new powers that you get that allow you to traverse different things. Um, it looks great. I mean, for a Lego game, the city's real big, real open. I don't know. It's just fun. Like it. Like if your kids want to play Grand Theft Auto, this is the game you should give them because it's essentially Grand Theft Auto without the stuff your kids shouldn't be seeing. <laughs> okay. So but there are no Lego hookers. <laughs> no, no. There's no. There's no Lego what's, hookers. What's really the point then? You know, I. I don't know. I don't know. I, you yeah. beat them up, take their studs, whatever. Okay. Sure. Grand Theft Lego. Yeah. Pretty much. That's what it is. Uh, nice. I did play Mass Effect after the patch. You know, the eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> did you make that up, Ken, or was that something that someone else said? I might have seen it somewhere this week. I don't remember, but it's funny to me regardless. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Um, that that I could not believe the difference that made. <laughs> like, it's insanity how much better char- like human characters look in that game now. How, how big was the patch, by the way? 2.5 gigs. It wasn't just the, the eye shadow. It was also mm-hmm. like um, some glitches, some quest stuff that was broken. So there was quite a few things in it, but it was like 2.5 gigs, I think. But no, uh, I still... I'm willing to give that game another shot when like the the Ultimate Edition comes out with <clears> all the DLC and all the patches already implemented. And yeah, they've got, a, they've got a roadmap for all the things they're going to fix. Cool. I still... Excuse me. I still really enjoy that game. Uh, one of the biggest changes they made in this patch is you can now skip the the flying from planet to planet. Oh, that's huge! So, nice. like, you know that that probably would have shaved five hours off my playtime if it had been there. <laughs> but no, it's nice now, especially for going back and you know just you know floating around the galaxy and looking at different stuff. So that's nice. Uh, and then I played a bunch of uh, Bullet Storm, the full clip edition. That game is. Is some dick tits, man. Oh, what, uh, what's different? <laughs> so it's basically the same game with all the DLC, which the DLC was all in the the friggin' multiplayer modes, which that multiplayer mode did not hold up well. Like I played it this weekend and it's like it just it gets real boring after a while. Like there's just not enough variety to it. Uh, which is sad because I think the campaign is great. I still think that game is really is. interesting and fun, but the multiplayer just gets really boring really fast. The the one new thing that they've added to this, so they added the Duke Nukem Tour, which allows you to reskin the main character Grayson as Duke Nukem. Now, yeah. what's funny about this is that the rest of the game remains unchanged. So people in the game still call you Grayson. Okay. Well, I mean, they does, weren't going to rewrite the whole game. I, I, does your does your voice change? Though? Yes, you are Duke Nukem, and John St. John recorded all new lines for it, and they are fucking hilarious to me. Does he have balls of steel? They he has lines like the okay. So, for example, there's a there's a section in the game if you remember playing it where you run into the girl and you're chasing her down trying to figure out what she's doing. Um, and at one point, she yells at you after knocking over a bridge that she's going to kill your dick. And Duke Nukem's response to that is just like, he's like, what the hell is this bitch talking about? How do you kill a dick? (laughs) 
and it's just stupid stuff like that. And it and at sometimes it like it fits in, like he reacts to what people are doing in the environment. And then other times you're just kind of like, what are they're talking to me, but they're not reacting to what I'm saying. Right. So it's it's weird sometimes, and other times it's funny. It's it's interesting, and it makes you know. These remasters, like, sometimes it's hard to go back through these games because you get about halfway through them and you're like, yeah, I've done this. I don't need to do it again. But it's kind of fun seeing what he's going to say because it's Duke Nukem. Right. <laughs> so, but no, it's a neat thing. I think it's really crappy that they tied it behind a pre-order bonus. Oh, is it? And it's five uh... bucks if you didn't pre-order. I think uh, that's really crappy, game. and especially on top of the fact that they're charging $60 for this, which, uh, as Drew knows in my review, that was my biggest sticking point. It's like, $60 for this is just not... No. That seems so random, though. This game that came out in 2011 all of a sudden gets a remaster that nobody asked for. No. Nobody nobody, nobody really wanted this, really. At th- uh, it's at, nice. At $30, this would have been mm-hmm. a great excuse for people who missed it to go back and right. play it, but it's sixty dollars. Right. It's really hard for me to say, yeah, mm. you should play this game again. You can get the original version of the game for like three dollars right now. Yep, on Xbox so, three hundred and sixty or PS three. Is this remastered version twenty times the value and better than no. the original copy? That's, no, yeah, it's not. Just can't say that. No, it's it's not as good as that camp. And I don't want people to think that it's not a good game because it's a really good game. But you can get it cheaper somewhere else, and the upgrades, while nice. I mean, it does run at 60. It's got some hitches here and there. Duke Nukem's cool. It's still a beautiful game. It has aged well. Mm-hmm. But it's just not $60. Good. Yeah. So. I hear you. Uh, but, though, no, that's uh, that's it. I am playing another game I can't talk about. It's called Shyness, the Magical Kingdom. I'll be I'll be excited to talk about that when I can't. Or, sorry, the Lightning Kingdom, not the Magical Kingdom. That's <laughs> Disney. I got screwed up. <laughs> but, no, I, I'll be excited to talk about that game. Uh, probably in about a week or two. I think it comes out on the 18th. Um, but what is coming out this week? There's a few things. Cosmic Star Heroin is finally out. Oh yeah, that's coming out, huh? Yeah, I I tried yeah. to find somebody to get a code for you, and I just I cannot find an email address. Don't don't worry about it. I I can literally talk to the developer myself if I really cared enough. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not convinced. I'll be done with Persona Five before this game even comes out. So it looks neat. I'm not in a hurry. But it's a it game. Does. It's a game I don't have time for right now. <laughs> I I agree. Uh, Kiro Blaster, which is um, excuse you. I don't know what that noise was. Uh, <laughs> the guys that made this made something else that was really popular, and I'm trying to think of what it was. Um, Studio Pixel. Is the company that made it. they made another game, another indie game that I'd heard of. I just remember seeing that. So that's out this week. Star Blood Arena. Don't know what that is. Uh, physical version of Stardew Valley is out this week. That's for the. Is that for both consoles or just the? PS4? Yes, I believe it's PS4 and Xbox One. Okay. Um, I think I can say without hesitation, this is a great game. If you ever thought about playing a game like Harvest Moon or anything like that, or if you like like Sims kind of game where you have like a day to day schedule and you kind of go about your business and build your own farm, get min max your money and crops and all that stuff, this is a really fun game. Like, Sorry, I had recommend. something going on in the background. When did you say it comes out? Tuesday. Tuesday. And how much is it going to be? 
I think it's 29 for the physical. Okay. Uh, uh, it's, Ryan. it's 19 if you buy it digital. Uh, maybe I'll buy it digital then. It's Everybody keeps talking about it, and it, yes. it makes me really want to check it out. I, I think it'd be a game that I could really get into. I bought it's it. It's a great game to play with kids as well. Yeah, okay. I, I bought it, and I have yet to really sink my teeth into it, but I've always wanted to. Uh, Symphony of the Machine, which is not to be confused with Dave Mustaine's Symphony of Destruction. I don't know what that is. Um, ukulele. Is that this oh, week? Oh, yeah. Finally. Okay. Uh, and Flint Hook. Ukulele. Flint Hook. Anybody? Anybody Flint nope. Hook? Uh, Crawl. Crawl? Uh, I actually read up on this game. It's a dungeon crawler. I've uh, played that before. It's actually really cool. Yeah. Is it is it procedurally generated? <laughs> yeah. You actually play... There's one person who plays the hero while three other people play the enemies in the dungeon. If you're able to kill the hero, then you take over as the hero trying yeah. to make it through the dungeon. What that like that? Yeah. It's actually really interesting. Uh, the Sexy Brutal... Oh yeah, I'm also reviewing that, but I barely just booted it up to see it once. That is out this week. That is not a funny PC game name, sorry. Um, speaking of which, what is on the PC this week? Nothing for Switch this week. Uh, 3DS gets Scoopin' Birds. I don't know what that is. Scoop, Scoopin' Birds? Scoopin' Birds. Okay. Uh, have you guys noticed since the launch of the Switch, like 3DS has been bone dry for releases? Oh yeah. My my yeah, fears didn't everybody realized. kind of yeah? I was gonna say, didn't everybody kind of realize that was probably gonna happen? I just I just thought that they were different platforms that's gonna have different games. I thought maybe they could coexist with each other, but apparently not. Sad man. All right, it's time for the funny PC games of the week. We got a few this week. There's some good ones. Fantastic. Uh, the first one is Cucumber Blues. All right. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's, it's, uh, next up is Fluffy Creatures versus the World. Okay. Nice. And the last one is the best. I saved the best for last. I'm like Vanessa Williams over here. Um, Japanese women animated jigsaws. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, man. Somebody look what? it up. Somebody look it up. It's good. Nope. Not looking it up. Uh, made by a company Captain called on the case. Bottle Cube Inc. Uh, its wow. description is animated jigsaws is a puzzle game developed and published by Bottle Cube Inc. That's its description. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my god. I, I'm seeing a screenshot of it and it is exactly what you think it is. <laughs> is it jigsaw puzzles? <laughs> that have real life Japanese woman... Probably taken from like some like regular random websites. Getty like, images. Getty images. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. All right, let's talk about the news. We'll save the big one for last. I'm sure there'll be some conversation about that. Uh, the director of Assassin's Creed Three and Far Cry Four has left Ubisoft, which is kind of sad. Those were Assassin's Creed Three, an interesting premise. Far Cry Four, a good game. I. I, I maintain to this day that Assassin's Creed Cree was great, even though I know I'm in the minority when I say that. I love the character and the setting. I just did not like the game as much as I wanted to. It does, obviously, it has a special place in my heart because I'm a big nerd about the Revolutionary War, but I still think it was a good game. Okay. 
Jeff Kaplan has gone on record to say that in order for Overwatch to make it to the Switch, they would have to, quote, revisit performance to bring the game mm. to Nintendo's console. Which doesn't speak highly of the Switch, because Overwatch is a very optimized game that should be able to run on just about anything. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Uh, if yeah, it was, was a GameStop yesterday, and... Um, because, uh, you know, it drives me, even though I know I'm not going to buy one until later in the year, it drives me crazy that there's a new Nintendo console out there and I'm not buying it. <laughs> um, but um, uh, I was looking at their, like, Switch display, and, man, there is nothing out for that console that I have any interest in. No, yeah. Zelda was the um, game, and if you bought it on Wii U, there's no reason to buy that machine right now. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, maybe once we start piling up some games, it'll be a little different. But Jacob, Jacob really wants Bomberman. Uh, but yeah, I had a feeling. It's not, and it's way too expensive for not being any good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of Switch, Toys R Us got some this weekend, so people probably got sure they're sweet. all gone by now. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, Ken, is the do you have that news about? The switch that's left in a dock bending or some crap is that true? I saw one instance of that, and I it, uh-huh. I don't know. I know the. What did it do? Thing. Overheat and melt or something? I have the slightest idea. It's based on like a picture that someone mm-hmm. took. So it's not it's not widespread, right? Um, supposedly it's happened more than once, and because it's happened to more than one system. All of a sudden, everybody's like assuming that it's like a widespread. Okay, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I haven't. Yeah, I saw somebody tweet about it, and I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know. The internet spreads things so fast nowadays, even if they're tiny. <laughs> yeah, and also, um, the uh, the bending of the system is like so, I like so minute that. They had to take a uh, what's that? Uh, what's the name of when you're balancing something with the with the little bubble in the middle? Level. Yeah, one of those. Um, and I guess it was like slightly off. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad we're focusing on the important things in life. Exactly. Well, I, I, I just wanted to verify that it wasn't a you know like a big deal, you know. Because oh, I'm thinking no. about buying a Switch eventually, so that's you know, oh no, absolutely, and I, and you're in a good place because the Joy-Con issue has been fixed in the new productions. So Sweet. Uh, that was definitely a widespread thing. I experienced that myself, and I know a lot of people did. So, so do they offer like replacements? Or yeah, something you like can that? you can send it the the defective one in, and they'll replace it for you. Oh, great, great, great. Nice. I I will never do that, more than likely, because I don't ever intend to use that piece of garbage again. <laughs> but They're not that bad, Kenny, come on. I don't like the Joy-Cons at all, like, at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if I ever play in handheld mode, it doesn't have that issue then, because it's attached to the damn thing, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a Wii U game coming out. Really? <laughs> THQ Nordic has confirmed that Darksiders Warmaster Edition will be coming to the Wii U in May. <laughs> Oh man! So oh, talk about boy. late to the party. There's your frickin' bone. <laughs> <laughs> Better like it. Uh, we already talked about the massive Mass Effect Andromeda patch that's live with more coming. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stories about the big one. 
Uh, Marvel Heroes is finally coming to PS4 and Xbox One in a spinoff called Marvel Heroes Omega. Uh, closed Omega. beta. Omega. Omega, Omega boost. So, going into closed beta very soon. Uh, ukulele got a patch already, and it fixes a lot of the camera and performance issues. I, I can confirm I tested it since then. That's definitely better. Uh, Persona 5 shipped 1.5 million copies after launching... Uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's crazy for a JRPG. Holy, that's JRPG. That's not Final Fantasy. Yeah, let me put that caveat there. Awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're out. Uh, if you have EA Access, the newest game being added this month is FIFA 17. So that's pretty cool. Uh, digging, digging, digging. Uh, near shipments have surpassed a million. That's good news. Fantastic. Yeah. I was uh, really concerned that game would have been cannibalized, but all the crazy releases around that window. But shipping over a million for for near game of all things is excellent. Yeah, I definitely want to pick that one up. That was a fun game. I enjoyed that. That was actually one of the Japanese games released this year that respected my time. Right. I really liked that did game. It, did yeah. it have? Actually, no. That game did not allow you to save everywhere. No, but the saving was very like you could fast travel back to a point where you could save. It was it was the fast travel locations were so close together that saving mm-hmm. took all of like two minutes. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like uh, Ken said, uh, highly recommend that game. I think especially Drew in particular. I'm I'm, I'm pointing you out because you actually have the experience of playing the original, okay. which is rare, which is rare by the way, and you would enjoy that game greatly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we already did the PlayStation Plus games, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. There's uh, uh, Square Enix. What about uh, one? Uh, one of the one of the heads of Square, Square Enix said that um, uh, that that they're excited excited to uh, start developing games for the Nintendo Switch, and they they've started on multiple Switch projects. Cool, I guess. Um, yeah. A lot of people think I'm, they're going to port Final Fantasy 15, to which I chuckle and go, Haha, "It can't run Overwatch." No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of hoping for a uh, um, Final Fantasy VI um, HD. <laughs> See, I don't know, man. Like, I, there, uh, there's I mean, so many things they could screw up. Well, thing is, I mean, it would be the exact same game as the original, mm-hmm. but but just like replace. Like some of the the sprites and 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 the graphics with like, you know, like a high def, um, kind of like what they did with the uh, Street Fighter Two um, HD remake. Uh, Jason, have you seen the the cell phone version of Final Fantasy VI? What they did to that? Actually, no, I, I haven't. I own the the cell phone version. Look of at the Fantasy look at the sprite work that they did on the cell phone versions, and it legitimately made the game worse, in my opinion. Really? Yeah. It just, oh wow! I mean, I get, I get, I get what you're saying. It's hard for me to say that it made the game worse. It's such a great game, anyway. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's. I don't. I. I, I agree. I, I know where you're going there, but I don't. I can't say that I feel like that sprite work made the game worse. All right. It's a. It's a mm-hmm. tremendous game. So it's one it's, of my favorite, most favorite games of all time, man. I can't speak highly of it anymore. Yep. But oh, those those sprites. 
one last thing I want to mention before we move on to the big news. Uh, speaking of the PlayStation Plus games, I did download Drawn to Death, and I did play it. I forgot to mention that. Mm-hmm. Uh, immediately turned off of that game because it's only multiplayer, which is fine. I knew that going in. Um, but I matchmaked into a game, and it threw me into a team deathmatch game with only three players and stuck me on the side uh, being outnumbered. And the game started. Nice. Yeah. So I was, experience. I was two against one, and it's not fun. That's not fun. You should not... That game should have never started. So, really bad first impression of that game. I think it's neat looking. I think it plays fine. I think the, the weapons are interesting. But... When you're when the core of your game is broken, you don't make me want to play you. Is that is that one of those games with a lot of free to play elements, like freemium stuff you got to pay for? It's or got it loot boxes, up? just like Overwatch. Do so, you buy power, or is it just cosmetics? This is cosmetics. The the okay, weapons okay. unlock as you progress in the game, uh, and as far as I know, you can't buy them. So all right. But yeah, that that immediately turned me off when it matchmaked me into a team deathmatch game. And then the game's only four players, so the team deathmatch game was two against one. So yeah, wasn't super fun. Uh, but well, let's talk about it. So Digital Foundry got the exclusive, which I guess some journalists out there were bitter mm-hmm. uh, for the Scorpio. Um, but let's be frank about this: what they announced this week would you have given it to anybody else <laughs> no i think uh, as far as when it comes to just numbers right uh just facts i think digital foundry is probably the most trusted i think they're professionals <laughs> in what they do um so yeah I, I tend to trust them but the idea that it's an exclusive kind of tends to open the door for maybe a shady deal of some kind but that's possible for any kind of exclusive deal so it's hard to say but I, I trust them for number six, and uh, they did a good job, I think. What's funny about this is nobody seems to remember that Digital Foundry had the exclusive on the PS4 Pro as well. Did they? I yeah. actually don't remember that. Yeah, funny. somebody somebody pointed out the article uh, ten minutes after somebody complained that Microsoft was paying, which Digital Foundry, to their credit, always puts at the bottom of their articles, they paid to fly us out and look at this thing. Yeah, they've which never. You, you should disclose every yeah, time. Sure, they've they've never hidden that fact. They put the same disclaimer on the PS4 Pro article. But um, so if you're a hardware numbers guy, there's a nice chart over at Digital Foundry that showcases what the system is capable of. And frankly, on paper, it sounds like a goddamn beast. <laughs> yeah, it looks really good. Um, so it does have a 4K UHD Blu-ray player, which is a big thing. Um. Obviously, the Xbox One S has that, but the PS4 Pro does not, which is still, I think, the weirdest omission from that thing. Agreed. Um, it does have four extra gigs of RAM over the PS4 Pro, mm-hmm. which is huge because that's like 33%. <laughs> and it is the GDDR5, which was the big hanging point for the Xbox One. Um, it has a terabyte hard drive in it. It has eight custom... eight x86 cores clocked at 2.3 in comparison the PS4 Pro has 8 Jaguars at 2.1 um, I, I'm, at this point I'm saying things I don't know what they mean <laughs> but the GPU has 40 customized compute units at 1172 megahertz by comparison 
The PS4 Pro has 36 at 911. So it is, um, its memory bandwidth is 326 gigabytes a second, while the PS4 Pro is 218. So outside of the hard drive, everything is just an improvement above the board over the PS4 Plus. Uh, Plus. Yeah, uh, probably the biggest thing that I took from, because I watched the videos and read the articles just to kind of get an idea of what this thing could do. Um, mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing that Digital Foundry put in their articles that was a that was really a telling sign to me is that Microsoft designed this hardware from the software perspective. So, for example, the boost mode that PS4 Pro added, boost mode that is built into every game on Xbox One Scorpio. And it has been tested on every game. So they they actually designed the hardware around the software. So what that means is that every game that runs on Xbox One will run better and cleaner on the Scorpio. Um, hmm. They did a really nice uh, five points that will make your Xbox One slash 360 games better. On Scorpio. So the number one is smoother performance and screen tearing has been removed entirely. Yeah, sweet. So no games will have that. Um, so what about games that were locked and dirty, right? So would it automatically uncap or do you need a patch or anything like that? You would need a patch if it was locked. Mm. Okay. Um, but that's the next point. If they have uh, variable resolution or frame rates, those will now max out. Right. So if a game like The Witcher 3 runs dynamic resolution, which on Xbox One ranges between 720 and 900p most of the time, but it will go up to as high as 1080p, it will now run at 1080p at the maximum frame rate. Uh, they've also added improved texture filtering. So on games that you know actually have the textures built in, like the um, Play Anywhere games, such as Forza or Gears, those textures want to run on the Scorpio. Uh, they've also added Scorpio DVR, so it will record at 4K 60 or 1080p if you have 1080p running. Probably the most interesting thing is they, the number 5 point, and that is um, the CPU is what loads is what loads games. So every game on running on Scorpio will, in fact, have faster load times. So, hmm. from a hardware perspective, this thing is 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 incredible. Um, yeah, and I said this on Twitter when they talked about this. This thing should cost five to six hundred dollars. It should. Microsoft needs to still launch it at four hundred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they need to take the hit. They need to take the loss. They need to sell it at four hundred dollars because average consumers walking into stores this Christmas see 4K on the box of this and PS4 Pro, and PS4 Pro will be cheaper, the Xbox One Scorpio will not sell. So you're still uh, subscribing, to, subscribing to the idea that if it's $500, it's dead on arrival? Uh, I don't think it'll be dead uh, the month it launches because all the idiot people like yeah, myself yeah, will course, buy it, stuff. but in the long run, it will do worse than Pro at $500, and Pro is not doing well. Yeah, I I agree. If it's five hundred bucks, basically about h- half their audience will be uh, NeoGaf members. No, NeoGaf hates Xbox. You need to go there. Oh, okay. Well, well then, <laughs> crap. 
no, no, I, 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 the responses to this were weird because everybody's like, where's the games? Where's the games? Where's the games? This wasn't a games announcement. This was a hardware yeah, announcement. This was, I thought that well, you made that perfectly clean and clear from the beginning. Well, yeah, since Digital Foundry was the one presenting it, you knew what was coming out of this. Yeah, but nobody cares about the hardware specs until they actually see the games running on it. Well, that's true. Right? I, I, I get where you're coming from, and I totally agree, but this generation has proved me wrong on so many levels because people, in the beginning, there wasn't there wasn't better exclusives in games on the PS4. They were about even. And this mattered. This mattered way too much. And people held on to the 900p versus 1080p bullshit, and you know that was the case. So there is a group of people out there who care. I mean, Digital Foundry, did you even hear of them last generation? No. And they were around. Yeah, their their rise has been thanks to kind of shifting perspectives and what the Gamers desire, as far as information goes, before they make their purchases. These yep. numbers matter a lot more to them now. They do, they do. But what matters even more than the numbers is screenshots and video analysis of games running on both systems. Sure, right? and com- comparisons back and forth. Of course, and those um, those will come. Of course. Yeah, my my gotta... thing about this is I'm it, the system sounds super cool. It sounds super powerful, right? And I could not care less until I see some new exclusives from Xbox that I actually want to buy. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. Have they have they made it clear if they're gonna have uh, a Scorpio exclusives that will not play on Xbox One? They or will is that not. Still on the download. They, as of right now, they will not. Mm. That's Which, the, that's the biggest the biggest factor for me going in. Of course, yeah, I, I don't have I ha- I don't have enough games on the Xbox that I play consistently. To buy that system just for some upgrades. No, I right. I am I totally agree that that's unfortunately that's the position that they're in. They can't alienate the Xbox One owners. Yeah, but at the same time, they have to answer the fact that Sony had a better console power wise than they did before they released the Pro. Sure. So now they have to have the more powerful console. Which is great for people like me who do own most of their games on Xbox One. I will buy... Hell, I bought the Pro. You know? Yeah. I will buy this, and I will have the best versions of those games. But you're right. It's... Uh, Will be the best versions, considering PC is still going to be better? Take your soapbox and stay over there, okay? PC games. (laughs) You said the best version. I'm just making a correction, man. I'm just saying. You knew what I meant. Don't mean it. But uh, the best console version of a game there is there you better. Go. I just, that's all you needed to say. It's still still better than PC because I don't have to deal with bullshit. But anyway, I'm moving on. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a weird thing. And again, that's why I think you launch it at 500. You're dead. I mean, you just, you're not going to make any dents in this, in this console race with a $500 machine. Nope. I mean, Switch has got positive buzz. Again, Switch needs exactly what Xbox One needs. It needs games. Uh-huh. But it's got positive it buzz. But and, the thing about the Switch is that it has the promise of games, right? By the end of this year, it's going to have like two, three games that you're going to really want to play. Yeah, well, so, so does Xbox. <laughs> I mean, people keep... I, I'm so tired of the narrative switching back and forth. During holiday, Sony had no games. During spring, Xbox has no games. I mean, it's literally the Janet Jackson problem what have you done for me lately 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there are plenty of announced <laughs> games for Xbox this year. I mean, we do it on a weekly basis. I was like, oh, no games coming to this. Season. Then you go, well, there's State of Decay, there's Sea of Thieves, there's Crackdown, you know, there's Cuphead. That's not Cuphead? No, is that, is that's that actually this coming year. out this year? Yeah, developer said it okay. is 2017. All right, sure. Um, but then uh, that's like people say there's no games. Well, there's games. There's just not games you're interested in, and that's fine. Yeah. You know, I mean, Sony announced 30 games over the last two years. We ain't seen one of them yet. I mean, if you think about it, the first one coming out is what, Crash? Yeah, but I mean, to be fair, both both sides do that. How long have we been hearing about Crackdown and Cuphead and... Oh, for sure, for sure, and I'm just saying, that's the case. We haven't mm-hmm. seen any of these games. Now, Microsoft delivered last fall. I mean, there was a game after a game after a game, but that doesn't matter in January and February. Mm-hmm. What matters is that Sony had game after game after game. And to be fair, a lot of that was due to their third-party publishing. Because there was only one first-party game, that was Horizon. So... I get it. I totally understand the narrative. I mean, Scorpio needs a lot of things to succeed. No, it's, uh, anybody that denies just, that is an idiot. Yeah, it's it's an uphill battle, man. But um, I think it's a battle well fought, honestly. I think Microsoft really does need to do something drastic. And I think the Scorpio is it, given they handled it properly. Yeah, I think they're doing better already. You know, getting the spec stuff out there for those people... Uh, I'm still hearing rumors that in May we'll get an actual hardware reveal where you see the system, you hear the games that are coming to it, and then obviously at E3 they're going to show off all the stuff that we don't know about yet. I hope it's a, it looks like the PS4 Pro where they just stick another layer on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> just make it a triple-decker Xbox One S. That actually came out of this. The system is small with an internal heat sink, no power brick, and looks very nice. No power brick for Xbox sounds awesome. That's the have way they the said. Is. Have they said are they staying with Scorpio as the name? Or I don't know that they'll stay with Scorpio. The rumor that I heard was that they're calling it the Xbox One X, and I think that is awful. That's a horrible name. Why the hell can't they just come up with a good name? <laughs> horrible. Yeah. Why does everything have to be numbers or stupid code letters? I don't know. Just come up with a good name. I really all right, all right, Ryan, Ryan, you make it yeah. sound so easy, buddy. Make a name for Scorpio right now. That's good. Well, I haven't seen it yet. Doesn't matter. You know what it's going to be. It's going to be a fucking box with internal hardware. Let's make a name for it. What's going to be called? You know it's an Xbox. It's got to be Xbox something, right? I think they ought to just, just leave it called Scorpio. You like, I agree you with like you. Scorpio? I think Scorpio is fine. Yeah, or call it, you know, call it Xbox... Um, I don't know. Give it some sort of um, some sort of cool, like astronomical name or something along those lines. Just don't call it a fucking letter or a number. Um, the Xbox Andromeda. I, I still think the, the you know, Zeus. Two of the, two Zeus. Of the best. Ooh, I like Zeus. Two of the best. Call it a Super Xbox. I don't care. Even that's better than. <laughs> Not I like think Nintendo Xbox could probably sue X. them for that. Um, I still think. Two of the, two of the best named consoles that ever existed were the Sega Dreamcast. Oh, that was so good. And yep. the Nintendo GameCube. The Game and the GameCube mm. because it was exactly what it described. Yeah. It was a cube that played games. Games. I will be honest um, with you, I love the names Xbox and PlayStation. Sure. I really do I, and I'm sad that they just are relegated now to preliminary names. 
and you know what else? The Nintendo Switch is a great name. It is. It is a Catchy. really good name. It's like it. the system. It's got that cool little click sound effect. Um, the, the, I'm so tired of numbers and letters. <laughs> I uh, no, I'm I'm okay with le- numbers because it's just getting the job done. It's lazy, but it works. You know what? You know exactly what you're getting. But when it's when you do the whole Xbox thing, when it's like, yeah, we're going back to one, and then you have another system coming, which is technically the third console. And you're like, what the hell do we call this? The and it's just, it's just really complicated. Well, that's the, the one, problem that's why it was is four, four, yeah. the the yeah. problem the problem all started when the when the video game industry was wrested away from video game companies and into the hands of entertainment and electronics companies. That's what that's when the the the, the naming problem started, um, because you could call you. You still had um, name recognition if you said Sega Saturn, Sega Dreamcast, Nintendo 64, which was a number, but wasn't like the 64th console. Um, <laughs> it game- wasn't even 64-bit, though. I mean, that's confusing. Now, now it's the Sony PlayStation 4, Microsoft Xbox One, um, but also... They don't want to get rid of the PlayStation and Xbox brand names because they're not confident that it would be okay just being the Sony new system name or Microsoft new system name because Xbox and PlayStation are the video game divisions of a much bigger company. Yeah. I don't know. People might – they're afraid people might hear you know, Microsoft Tempest and be like, oh, is that a new computer or like a, like a tablet? Or like a yeah. television. Well, they, they even uh, named their business, you know, parts of their business after those. So like the play, Sony has the PlayStation business, right? Microsoft has the Xbox business. So 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 call it if you, even if you want to do it that way, just call it the Xbox something, some kind of name, um, versus X. The Xbox the pony Xbox kicker. X. The pony <laughs> dis- destroyer. Yeah, the Xbox pony kicker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm still hoping it's the Xbox Xbox Zeus and then the emblem could be uh the uh the old uh, Xbox uh logo, but instead of the X it'll be a lightning bolt. Oh was, wait, uh, that's the flash. I was thinking you were gonna put <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson on the top of the system and be like shove a lightning bolt up your ass. Zeus? <laughs> Zeus! <laughs> That'd be uh, awesome. I don't anyway, know. Anyway. It'll be interesting. I just, miss clever, I just miss clever video game system names. That's the one thing Nintendo still does. Like the freaking Wonder Swan. <laughs> it, it, it died when Sega died, I think. Because Sega had really good names for their systems. Dreamcast, yeah. Genesis, Saturn. even the Saturn, Saturn was awesome, yeah. dude. Come on, those are yeah. really great names for systems. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm there with you. I'm tired of numbers and letters. I, I really the first miss. one was the Master System. Yeah, Game I mean, Gear. You don't get much better than the Master System. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking King of the Castle, there. Talking about yeah. King of the Castle, King of the Castle. All right, so yeah, we'll we'll talk more about Scorpio. E3 is coming up. We got that big prediction show of things that we will be wrong about. That'll be fun. 
Uh, oh, I'm God, very, I'm very excited about this year's E3 because you got three different stances. You got a company that just launched hardware, a company that's launching hardware, and a company that's delivering on promises of games. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be fun. It's, it's gonna be really oh, yeah. exciting. This E3 is yeah, gonna I think be that's the cool. Crazy. I think the, I think that's the coolest thing about this this E3 is we're at a spot where the priorities for each de- or each company are different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is not. It doesn't seem to usually be the case. Usually we're going head to head about something. Yeah, everybody's got the, something different going on. Yeah, the priorities are going to be a little different. I'm excited. I'm excited to be somebody who owns all three machines, for sure. Uh, all right, we don't have any emails, but we do have some tweets. Uh, one of them is a back to back thing that makes me laugh. Um, but first off, we'll start with Mookie, who says, "By the time John WUK said that Bioware should reboot Mass Effect, I already know that's irrelevant." <laughs> All right. Uh, he also tweets and says, I'd highly suggest and would appreciate the tone down reading tweets about politics. It's fucking annoying to see it in a gaming podcast. Okay. Uh, which leads me to the next tweet, which is what made me laugh. Adam wants to know, do you guys have an opinion on the tweet that Colin Moriarty made, the guy from Kind of Funny that recently quit? Huh? What's is that the woman thing? Yes, the day without okay. a woman tweet. Oh, and so um, so I don't know if anybody on the show knows what that is, but basically there's um there was National Woman's Day, uh-huh. um and there was a hashtag going around uh what it would be like to be without a woman. What um I think the hashtag was day without a day woman. Without day women. without women. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Basically, the purpose of it was basically to say, hey, look at all the contributions that women have made. And if they were all gone for a day, this is how society would suffer. And his tweet was um, a joke that said, uh, peace and quiet. So basically like a, a, a married with children joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, that's the, actually, that's the exact impression that I got from that joke as well. Yeah. Al Bundy would yeah. say. Yeah. Like, like something like a no ma'am, he's wearing a no ma'am shirt, you know? <laughs> so people just flipped out because of that? He actually yeah. left the company he worked at because the internet... Yeah dog piled on him for the tweet. Well, he, oh, he wow. kind of did that, but he also did it because Greg Miller, who also works for Kind of Funny, released a statement saying that he doesn't condone what Colin says, and that's not what Kind of Funny represents, and he's his own person kind of thing. And he was like, well, just, you know, you guys just going to throw me under the bus? I've been your friend for like 15 years. That's a shitty thing to do, man. Yeah, you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta support your buddies, especially when I they. Think, though the isn't, I mean, maybe I'm wrong because I don't know these people from Adam. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it isn't, isn't, um, hasn't sort of his. Uh, he's sort of been uh, a very vocal right winger for a while. That's his or libertarian, I guess. Yeah. for sure. a long time, right? So sure. this, it's not, it's not ex- like. I'm sure that that had something to do with it as well. His increasingly vocal political stance as well probably had something the, to do with the it. The last straw that broke the camel's back kind of deal. I yeah, and I, I don't know because I I've never mm. I had never heard of either of these people until all this stuff started. Yeah, um, that seems to be the funny so, thing about the the gaming media nowadays is you don't hear about these people until something like this happens. I know, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I truthfully. 
it's a joke, and I'm still 100% in the, the camp that you should be able to joke about anything. But at the same time, uh, yeah. I, don't. I don't disagree, but you got to read the room, right? I mean, well, of course, but it's Twitter. You can't read that room. Twitter is full of everybody, you know? Yeah. This yeah, but rough. if you're if you're a guy who has been, I don't know, if you're a guy who has been vocally political um and you and you make that joke on that day with that connotation, you know what's going to happen. Sure. Right? You don't you don't make that joke not knowing what's going to happen next, right? That's if, if from all accounts, again, I never even heard of this guy until now. From all accounts, he's a smart guy. You had to know what was going to happen when you make that joke on that day with your background. Sure. I don't disagree with that. I mean, <clears throat> it's not something I would do, but I guess I'm not one of the people that was offended by what he did. Because <laughs> that was the question to us, is what what did we think about it? But I, I, I think it was a bad joke. I didn't think it was funny. But I wasn't offended by it. Like, it's Man. stupid. I, it's, I've, I've heard so many worse things. Like, there's sure. so many better targets for you to go to that are like religiously spotting out their hatred as a part of their agenda. That picking on someone that made a joke, whether it was in good taste or not, there's better things. You, if you're if you want to make a difference in the world, if you don't like something that someone says, there's better targets, man. Like pick your battles. Come on, do something with your life. Yeah. Well. The way I think of it is that there's people out there that are just kind of full of uh, contentment among their fellow men that if anybody slightly crosses them or slightly offends them, that they want to utterly destroy them. Mm. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. Make, are, it becomes we, like an excuse, right? We're, yeah. living, we're living in a world that has brought back the, the shame mechanic. Um, where people basically will just, you know, uh, persecute you uh, if you don't agree with their stance. Essentially bullying. Uh, well, it's basically like, you know, back in the old days, you, they used to take a guy who stole something and put him in the stocks and everybody would ridicule him and throw shit at him. Yeah. That's basically yeah. what we're doing now. We got this mob mentality, you know, if you're not with the majority of people or if you say something that pisses somebody off and then they get a mob going, there's nothing really you can do about it. They'll find out where you work. They'll call your job, try to get you fired. Um, That's not a new thing, though. It's just more visible now because of social media. Oh, yeah. That's always been the the case. The internet has upscaled this so much, and it's become an escalation to where, you know – I, I I don't think I have bad opinions, and I don't think I have wrong opinions, but they no, most they, certainly they, may they not – they they may not line up with everybody, which makes me second-guess if I actually want to share my opinion on the internet. So, so I, don't, I don't disagree with anything you're saying, but the flip side of that is if you know that's the case, right? If you know that social media has opened that up, right? And you also know that your normal uh, political stance and vocal uh, vocal nature already puts you kind of on the edge with a lot of your base, right? And you know 
what a joke like that's going to do on a day like that in the climate that we have, right? Mm. At what point are you not allowed to play victim when you make the joke anyway and get the exact reaction you expected? Well, it's the same way with I don't like people calling me, you know, names on Xbox Live. Well, you're going on Xbox Live. You no, that's, know that's, that di- that's different, Drew, because like, you're – you're kind of, you know, kind of putting yourself out there because you're. Let's say you put something creative out there, right? You write something. You, there's clear justification for other people to criticize that work because you yourself put yourself out there. But when it comes to you just kind of being there and people are actively coming to you, even though you're not instigating any of these interactions, I think that's a different level. Like that's, that's a different conversation to have. Well, that may be true, but all I know is I don't share any of my opinions on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's it, and I'm not and like, I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm a woman hater or you know a racist or anything like that. I'm he just is saying, all of those things. See, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we joke about it and stuff like that. But I'm just saying people because, take it seriously. Just, so people yeah. people mm-hmm. take that stuff uberly seriously. I think twice about saying things on the internet, even if it is you something should. I, I well, yes with. you should. That's that's the thing that gets lost in all this is. Um, Freedom of speech also includes being selective about what you say and when you say it. Um, and it, it just like so, I'm trying to think of a apolitical, um, non-offensive way to make my analogy. So I'm just going to make it like this: um, If I walked into a room populated exclusively by ugly people, right, and I just stood up in front of everybody and said. Man, would you look at how ugly all these motherfuckers are? <laughs> right? Ron, you, sh- you shouldn't then, be saying those things in the middle of a Denny's, though. And, <laughs> and then people, and then people I like got Denny's. mad at me. I like Denny's. Right? And my and I was point like, wait, wait, why are, you getting, true. why are you getting mad at me? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just expressing myself. Right? It'd be like if I walked into a Waffle House in Drew's neck of the woods and was was making fun of the way the ser- making fun of the server's accent, right? Um, like, or if I started, if I if I if I um, you know walked into, uh, I don't know, the, the the ugly people analogy is the best one I can give without getting into a a, a real issue here. Yeah. Um, but at some point, right? If if you are if you are a person who is consistently politically vocal. Right, and then you make a joke that leans on the edges of what people find acceptable, and you recognize that it, it leans on the edges of what people find acceptable, and then people don't find it acceptable. Guess what? That's as much on you as anybody else, because you knew what the consequences were going to be before you made the joke. Yeah, right. I mean, I, it, I get that. The this, difference, this the difference I see is, is that I don't share my opinion with anybody on Twitter or Facebook. Yet I am bombarded daily with other people's opinions. Sure. the The only difference is, is that even though I don't agree with your opinion, I'm not going to attack you because of it. Because, because you're a decent human being, Drew. But then there's tons of people on the internet who will attack you because you don't believe in what they believe in. One hundred percent. And again, if you if you walk into the snake pit. And you hit one of them with a stick. Don't be surprised when you get bit by all of them. That's that's my point. Is at some point, um, you uh, there has to. If you're going to make that joke, 
or you're going to make a statement, right, that you know is going to be controversial and people get upset about it, you then don't get to step back and say, whoa, 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 why are you guys all attacking me, right? That you don't make the statement that's going to be controversial without expecting to be attacked. I understand that. But it doesn't yeah. work. It doesn't work the other way. Yeah, that's, it, I think that's it, Drew's it, point. Yeah, it'd be well, kind of like. What do you mean, oh. though? I I just don't think if so if Drew finds something offensive that he sees, but is not accepted as the norm of being offensive. Yeah, and he steps up and says, "I, you know, you shouldn't say that." It'll just work in reverse to where he gets dogpiled on by the other people. Sure, that's that's called society. Oh, I, I don't, I don't disagree. I just think it's kind of crappy. It is. Uh, I think saying to someone you shouldn't say that is the wrong way to approach that kind of conversation. I think if you really want to, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's not what I'm trying to say. By the way, okay, uh, sure. what I'm saying is you shouldn't expect to be free from consequence if you say something like that. Um, if so, you know, I have a job where I am in a higher level leader position. I know, right, that if I go on open social media and make certain statements, that I'm probably going to lose my job, right? Mm -hmm. Fair or unfair, like it or not, because at the end of the day, the company's responsibility is to stay alive, make money, whatever. Um, If I know that's the case and I know those are the consequences, and I do it anyway, then I don't get to absolve myself from personal responsibility for what happened to me. Yeah, I understand. It was my choice to make that statement, knowing what the consequences would be. Now, that doesn't mean don't make the statement. There are times when you absolutely should, if it's something you believe in, if it's a situation where somebody else is, you know, um, is being injured by something and the, you know, the, the consequences of speaking up or losing your job or something along those lines. I get all that. But even then, you've got to know the consequences before you open your mouth. And That's true. That's why I don't open my mouth. On both sides, right, social media has given people more of a platform to open their mouth, right? But people have not accepted that platform of opening their mouth with the additional consequences that come from the soapbox that you now have, right? Because the more people you can talk to, the more people are more likely to disagree with your opinion. I just, I, feel, think- I just, I just real, I, I just feel like people can, people. It tends to be people are nonchalantly bullying people, and it, it just, it, it kind of gets on my nerves when I see that stuff. You know, when somebody says something, um, you know, that they don't agree with. And it's like we're moving on to the next thing, the next person. And what they don't realize is is that, yeah, that person may be a, a hardcore piece of shit, but you just devastated their lives. Now, I understand, hey, he should have thought about his consequences, but shit, man. You know, you think the consequences may be too grave for their actions? It, that's what I think. I think mm. back okay. in – I, I don't want to say back in the day because everybody thinks back in the day was the, the Middle Ages. But like not even 10 years ago, you know, I could say something that is totally – uncalled for and 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 bullshit but somebody but and i say it to a bunch of people and they'd be like wow he's a fucking asshole and that's the end of the conversation now instead of saying that guy's a fucking asshole they'll be like let's go find out where this fucker works and get him fired let's go find out you know 
with his financial stuff. Let's go find out where he lives and then post it on the internet. I mean, come the fuck on, guys. I mean, fucking relax. You know, I'm just like they they actively ruin people's lives and then move on to the next person and then completely forget about that person years later. Perfect example. That guy, he's a complete fucking dumbass. A few years ago, and I got involved in it too, he was running some kind of company about uh, uh, some kind of controller. And a guy emailed him, and he was being a douchebag to the guy who emailed him who bought the controller. He then sent it to Penny Arcade, and then Penny Arcade, it was the whole ocean marketing thing that happened. And they sent it to Penny Arcade, and had droves of mobs take over this guy. They found out where he lived, you know, like everything. And I'm just like, you guys destroyed this guy's life pretty much. And I'm just like, over him being a douchebag over the internet? Over on, over an email? It's none, none of that is new behavior, though. The only thing that's new behavior is the fact that it can spread so quickly across a large group of people <laughs> That are spread around all over the place. Yeah, I, I, it's no good. It's the 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 for uh, you know for as long as you know, people have existed. Uh, I mean, even just think twenty years ago, right? You go to Sears and somebody's an asshole to you, right? One of the people that works there. What do you do? What do, what do they always tell you to do, right? Well, tell all your friends don't shop at Sears anymore because this dude's an asshole, right? Yeah. So it, for for the next you know three weeks, anytime somebody mentions Sears, what do you do? Oh man, last time I was at Sears, this guy that waited on me was an asshole. I wouldn't shop there anymore if I were you, right? It's the same thing, just blown up five hundred times because of the prevalence of social media. Yeah, and that's that's what's so scary about it, and that's why you know I I don't want like. I think the lesson to be learned is is don't be an asshole, and that that goes on both sides. Or if don't you're going to be an asshole, be an anonymous asshole. Well, that's what the lesson is. That doesn't exist anymore. But I mean, the, but like I'm saying, don't be an asshole. But that goes on both sides. Don't be a douchebag saying stuff on the internet that pisses people off. But at the same time, if you do get pissed off, don't be an asshole and try and ruin the asshole's life. You yeah. know, I'm just like, you know, everybody just fucking chill for a minute. You know. Yeah, I think I, I think you know something that everybody on both sides preaches constantly is the best example to use here. Always remember, there's a person on the other end of that. Yeah, I don't yes. I don't care what their opinion is. I don't care what they say, what they do. It's a person. Think about it before you do anything. And if they say something, just fucking who cares? It's just some random fucking ass it's on the a, internet. It's okay to be offended. It's part of your human nature. There doesn't always require retaliation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm offended it's... at least ten times on a daily basis. I don't go after people for it. <laughs> so I, I I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. Uh, but I think the other piece of this that we haven't talked about yet is, especially in this community, you have a lot of people who only have the soapbox they have because of the prevalence and reach of social media that's true um so you don't you don't get to ride social media to popularity and fame and fortune i say fame and fortune relatively right um and then complain that 
um, oh, I made this stupid comment, and all of a sudden the the system that I rode to success has turned, turned on, on me. me. Yeah, and um, you know how how unfair is that? Um, you know, it's the the the, the punchline is social media giveth right and social media taketh away <laughs> and if you are the type of person who has made a life and career around um say being very vocal about stuff on social media and i'm sure you've accumulated followers because of some of the stuff that you say on social media um you can't then be surprised um if that sort of if the, the other side of that beast turns its head on you sure yeah. Of course, which is why I'll never be popular on social media. That's why you just don't be an asshole. Then, you, you know, everything's good. Yeah, it's, it's the difference between... So, um, you might you might earn fans, right, by the stuff that you say and do, but once you earn those fans, they're not just yours automatically, right? It's conditional, Um your, if, if your success is built on popularity, then your success is conditional. And you can't expect that, it, that it's like um, a government job where, I, hey, I worked my way up to the next tier. I'm in this job forever because they can't fire me. Um, if, if your entire career and success is built on your popularity among the community at large and you do something that costs you popularity, you can't expect it to be good for your career. It's that's 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 the danger, it, right? In of this, in this guy's case, though, popularity isn't it? Wasn't it good for him? Didn't he go on Patreon and end up making a lot more money than he was at oh, whatever I'm, he was? Absolutely, I'm, I'm sure he did because there are okay. plenty of people out there that back him, right? Uh, and that's um, you know that's the, so that's the calculation that if you're again if you're going to build a career on popularity through those mediums. You got to make the calculation of, hey, if I say this, it's going to turn some people off, but it'll probably bring some people to my side. And what's the trade-off? Right? It's you know might be a little brutal to describe it in such um, what do you call it calculated terms, but the punchline is, if I gain four thousand fans for saying this and I lose two thousand, then I'm ahead. So I say it. That's yeah. It's a uh, <laughs> it, popularity it's... game. It's a it's a rough thing, and I think that's why none of us here play that shit. Because I think I just like being honest about mm. things, and I, I don't like to be calculating on things I want to say. But even I feel sometimes like when I'm typing something out on Twitter, right? That I'm about to post, I'm like, yeah, this is dumb. I shouldn't post this, and I just erase it. And that happens all the time. Like I I have some really terrible and like really like bad jokes that I, I want to say. Sometimes I'm like ah, oh, it's like that's not worth it. It's like that's not good. And I just kind of I feel like the filter doesn't exist for some people and oftentimes it's it's a calculated move to be that outrageous. I think we know of some celebrities that will go unnamed, uh, well internet celebrities that thrive on shock humor and it's kind of being that you know, that guy that always criticized this and has a certain opinion about other popular things. And yeah, yeah, we're not going to be those kind of people. I said some very mean things to David Jaffe once. <laughs> Have you like, did you like at him or something? Yeah. And he what? retweeted that and I had a mob after me one time. What did you say to David Jaffe? Yeah. So David Jaffe, <laughs> they, it, it was announced that David Jaffe was not going to be at E3. Okay. And I said, 
I said, oh no, Jaffe's not going to be at E3. Now we'll never figure out what piece of shit game he's make, working on. <laughs> and, okay. woo! You talk, about some, it, but sure. you talk about some rabid motherfuckers. And then he uh, he uh, he called Evolve Gaming a, a C-level piece of shit website. And um, wow. had uh, a bunch of people come after me. To which I finally, I finally had to uh, DM him and say, dude, you need to call your fucking dogs off. I apologize. And, and see, that's the flip side of this argument in that if you are someone um, who is at that level, social media gives fans and celebrities equal access to each other, which is dangerous for celebrities because now all of a sudden you're throwing stones at every dog that barks at you. Yeah. Um, and you end up making yourself look really bad over somebody that if you had never commented back to them, no one would have ever seen. Yeah. I was, I had maybe 200 followers, right. you know, and I was just like, wow. Okay. <clears throat> Let's so not you, piss you off. with your 200 followers chirp back at him and all of a sudden he starts an argument that, you know, 2 million people see. Yeah. That's, I mean, I don't know if it's 2 million people, but I'm just making up numbers. That's silly on his part. But then we made up. I talked to him, and we we kissed. Um, kissed. Yeah. Did you you uh, tell him you were just making a joke? I told him I was just making. Yeah, I told him I was like, look, I'm just making a joke. I I apologize. It was mean. It was mean spirited of me to say that, and um, that was it. I mean, this was years ago. This was back. God, that's actually pretty funny. Seven, eight years ago. Yeah, before before I before I worked here, so. But yeah, I did. I did do that, and um, unfortunately, it seems like uh, drawing the death not that good of a game. <laughs> oh God, don't say that, Drew. Oh, we're, we're gonna move Uh-oh. on. We're gonna move Uh-oh. on. Right to. Let's not. Let's not start. David hey, let me Jackie let me just add da- add him right now about yeah. uh, about what you just said. Remember this guy? Uh, he's talking shit about you again. What's what's his, uh, dude, what's his Twitter handle again? That dude does not know who the fuck I am. Are you he, kidding he does, me? He does follow this podcast on Twitter. Does he really? Yes. Nice. So I don't know if he listens, but but anyway, we're um, going to move if on. If he listens, I have all the respect in the world for that man. <laughs> it's too late, Drew. It's the die much. has been cast. Look, he, <laughs> the die has been he, cast. He probably doesn't even remember my conversation. But like seriously, like I said, he... The guy sticks to his guns. I'll give him that, and he's you know I respect him for it. Look, look at look at Drew like pedal backwards as fast as he can. <laughs> Glorious. All right, we got some more at tweets. At the time, calling our cars was the only game he had out at the time. Okay. So. Mookie says, "The more I see about Quake Champions, the more I realize that it looks more like Overwatch than the good old Quake." I heard some pretty weird things about that game, uh, like rent. Heroes? It's the free-to-play. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I don't know. It's only on PC, so I probably will never play it. But I I missed Quake 2. I'll just say that. Quake 3. Uh, Blue Apple Blue says, Why? What will post-Gen Z think the coolest game brand? And he posted a picture that says, Video games. Millennials think PlayStation is the coolest video game brand, and Gen Z thinks Xbox is the coolest video game brand. And again, in this picture, Xbox is not spelled properly. Jason. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like Mega Man. 
Yeah. I mean, dude, it's got four letters. Give the guy a break. Come on, man. Yeah, well, you, you got wrong tough, capitalization. Okay. Put I was a t- in there. terrible speller back in the day, man. What do you mean back in the day? What are you talking okay, about? Okay, I've always been a terrible speller. <laughs> uh, to answer yeah. his question, I, I don't know. That stuff drives me insane. Who cares? The only thing, the only thing that I notice is like when I grew up, people said, you know, people who didn't play video games, like y'all playing that Nintendo. Yeah. And then as they got as it got further up, it was like y'all playing that PlayStation. So you know, it's kind of like Band Aid, the generalization term of what people play. Yeah. Or Coke. Yeah, Coke or Pepsi, whatever. That's just it's dumb. Yeah. Uh, Mister Fantastico, it's a great name. Says yeah. noticed Phil visiting Remedy on the one year Quantum Break release. How likely is that we get Quantum Break two or Alan Wake two? I think we'd get Alan Wake before Quantum Break. To be honest with yeah, you, yeah, Quantum Break didn't do so hot. Have you guys beaten Quantum Break? Yes, That's the game. Yes, I have. Uh, does it set up for a sequel? Yeah, kind of. Yes and no. Kind of. It, I mean, it okay. closes the story, but I mean, it's about time travel. That's not a spoiler. Mm-hmm. So. There's nothing you can't do there, yeah. but it didn't. It didn't. It didn't leave off in like a cliffhanger. No, no, no. Okay, it, okay. it wraps up the sure. story. The story's finished about those Sweet. characters. So, uh, I agree. Alan Wake too. That that would be a huge like fan favorite thing and a big win for Xbox if they do it. Yeah, I would. I would be down for another one. I enjoyed Alan Wake, and I really enjoyed American Nightmare. American Nightmare was really cool. Uh, Nivex says Scorpio Power is next gen, but it's too early. Current gen has only peaked now. Hmm. I mean, it's you can't really. Say, I I don't disagree with him, but it's it's hard to say it's too early when the other systems have already launched uh, new entries. Yeah, PS4 Pro and Switch so, are out there. So yeah, Microsoft's behind so, at this point. As 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 Jay would say, the die has been cast. <laughs> you like that, right? Yeah. Uh, Sean tweeted us a whole big line of stuff. He says, all these people complaining about it being too early for a new system need to understand <laughs> that both companies are trying to remedy a situation, being that games and 4K TVs slash other new tech need stronger equipment, and they are answering that call with the Scorpio. I believe we will probably get the same 7-8 to eight year lifespan the 360 did. People forget the jump from, three, from Xbox to 360 was as quick as this one was too. I uh, think they'd learn. Well, I don't know. Says more than likely PS5 will come out next year and get the same kind of seven to eight lifespan as well, but it's time for upgrades. Mm, I disagree I don't, with that. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't think if we PS- need them. No. Yeah, if PlayStation Five was coming out next year, we we would already heard about it for a while now. I, I think PlayStation and Xbox are going in different directions. I think there will be a PS5, but I don't think there'll ever be another Xbox. Yeah. I think it's just going to be iterative from from here going forward. And the thing is, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, the whole generational thing, like next gen, you know, is the Nintendo Switch this gen, next gen, is Scorpio truly next gen or still this gen? I think it's just become so blurred now because yeah. everybody's kind of doing their own thing. It's almost like instead of like bringing out new hardware specifications that were, you know, that that truly make a gigantic leap, 
we're now bringing out hardware that makes things look noticeably better, but not so much so that it's like a completely different experience. And mm-hmm. the thing is, it's just now it's, uh, I would almost say it's, it's the end of the age of the, the generations. And now it's just the age of the iterations. That would pre problematic for developers though. I feel and that's what scares me about it. Xbox will be going on every three years, bringing out a new Xbox, and PlayStation does every five or six years. There's an issue there because then developers would yeah. have to worry about developing for an older system along with this new system. It would be splitting the market, and PlayStation doesn't want that. PlayStation wants to stay up there with the top of the top kind of thing. Man, I don't know. This is like a weird time. Yeah, we're we're in uncharted territories, Jess. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. Exciting to see what happens next. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, he also says I can barely even roam planets in Mass Effect Andromeda without lag every mile in that rover. I'll be ready for this system day one. Hey, man, if you're excited for it, that's cool. I mean, they're doing it. So, yep. Uh, Mookie says, thankfully my expectations were so low now that I'm enjoying Mass Effect Andromeda plus payback from exploration <laughs> is good. <clears throat> Uh, having an awesome pizza dinner here plus beer, man, the pre-wedding stage is so stressful. Good luck, Drew. You know, you it's got, been pretty smooth for you, us. You ain't got there yet. I mean, yeah, when it gets down to it, I'm sure it'll be like, go here, go here, go here. But so far, it's been pretty good. Have you have you figured out what dishes you'll be serving? Um, not yet. Hot dogs and beans. <laughs> Yeah. Freaking beans. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And if anybody wants to complain, I'm like, motherfucker, y'all came for free. <laughs> right. Well, it's you like it, get the hell you, out. You give gifts to the uh the married couple. It's it's pretty yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we're paying for this too, Drew. Uh-huh. It's uh, rude if you go to a wedding and you don't give them something, it's very rude. Uh King X A D says, Do you guys think Microsoft has a chance to catch up to Sony if the Scorpio drops to three ninety nine? Microsoft can't afford to sell it at a loss and has done it before. I don't know the answer to that. It's all gonna it's all gonna depend on games, man. Do we know yeah. the next reveal gonna be for Scorpio? Is that already are, are we waiting till E three? I've heard rumors that they're doing an event in May. Hmm. Uh, and then they'll when do is E three? E three's in June. June, okay. Yep. Uh, Daniel says, I'm sorry, that's probably not Daniel, uh, D-A-N-I-J-E-L. J? Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe Daniel? Maybe that's how you, I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. He says, will the Scorpio be called Xbox Behemoth, predicted by Crap <laughs> Gamer? <laughs> behemoth? That's that roll off the time. Name. Uh, I'm, so, says, I'm so glad somebody else knows of this person. He says, "Greetings from Germany. Love your podcast." I don't know. Thanks. But, I mean, I'd, I'd take it over Xbox X. <laughs> Xbox I would X. too, actually. Yeah. Wait, someone, someone. I'd there's take, rumors I'd about it being it, Xbox X. That's, I'd that's take it being rumor, called. Yeah. I'd take it being called the Xbox Crap Gamer. No, over Xbox. No, X. no, no, right? You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> let's, let's not give this guy any more. Yeah, we, more you've already said his name twice. You say it again, he manifests like Beetlejuice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm still aiming for Zeus. Name it after a god. 
Jesus. Uh, Dustin says some tweets. It says, man, that Gladiolus, uh, Gladiolus DLC for Final Fantasy 15 wasn't anything special. I hope the others are better than that 2D beat-em-up. Uh, are better. That 2D beat-em-up, though, is fun. I have not played the DLC. I have it. I haven't played it yet. Uh, he also says, sad to finish Dark Souls 3 DLC knowing we won't get an entry in it for a long time. Hopefully Bloodborne 2 is at E3. That would be lovely. I have a feeling that will be at E3. Yeah, that's that's my guess for the big shock fan moment. Bloodborne 2. Uh, he also says, while waiting for Persona, I tried a few PS Plus games. Uh, the Deadly Tower of Monsters was a fun surprise. People should check it out. I agree, that's a fun game. Uh, Persona 5 is so damn good, I'm loving it. People protesting the anti-spoiler stream limits by spoiling the game can F off. We didn't talk about that, huh? Do you want to talk about that? No, not really. I think it's dumb. Yeah, it just, I think it only comes down to this. Like, I appreciate the idea that they want to allow people to play the game without any spoilers and try to kind of enforce the idea that, like, yeah, let's not be dicks and spoil this game that just came out a week ago. You know, it's like a massive RPG. And making it so that people can share screenshots and stream and stuff like that will help that in some way. So, you know, you'd have to actually either use your phone or have, like, a capture device that makes it harder to do. But their language and enforcing those rules was overly, overly harsh. Things about like oh your 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 channel might get a strike it might get like banned and things like that like no you don't threaten people you ask them nicely and hope from the goodness of their heart they'll do something right if you start threatening people you fucked up that you just told them something you not to do and we will punish you for doing it what do you think the internet's gonna do how do you not foresee something this obvious happening I don't understand this lack of foresight is just staggering. He also says, I can't stand the UI of the Xbox One. Uh, When I finally start getting the hang of it, they go and change it again. (laughs) Uh, And finally, he says, is it too early for E3 predictions? And I can't wait for NAC 2. Probably going to be a good contender for game of the year. Sir, you are high. (laughs) It might be. We don't know yet. No. No. Ken, we haven't played it yet. We have to give it the benefit of the doubt. That I don't have to do anything. Game of I don't have year. to do anything but eat, die, and pay taxes. Nah, man. Knack 2 might be your best game of the year. It might be better than Injustice 2. It might be better than Zelda. You oh. open, your, open your mind to that idea. I, hey, man, 60 frames per second. That's I, right. I don't care how many frames per second. I mean, I can throw shit at 60 frames a second. Still shit. I doubt it. You, yeah, you ain't seen it. me, son. <laughs> That's uh, true. The last tweet, uh, sorry, just trying to get through this. We're at almost three hours. Um, last tweet says, I don't have the cash to pay for, this comes from Nivek. I don't have the past cash to pay for two game subs, so I will stick to PS4 and upgrade eventually to PS4 Pro. Well, sir, you might want to wait because PS5 is coming next year, according to the Twitters. I don't I don't believe it. I'd be shocked if that were true. That's a lie. Yeah. I made that up. I don't believe it. But that is it. That is all the tweets. Oh, my Lord. What a show. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, this was uh ran longer than expected. Yeah, well, we had two big debates. I mean, we spent the first sure. hour arguing over Persona, so you know. Uh, we had a good time. Good points were made. Uh, anyway, if you want to, t- uh, yeah, shut up. Uh, if you want to tweet at us, it's <laughs> at N4G Podcast. Um, and if you want to follow us individually, Jay is at Bottomside. Jay, Drew at DML Fury. Ryan is at R Wombold, and Jason, you're at Gambus Con, right? 
Um, last time I checked, you still you spelled that right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> X slash box. Uh, you can follow me on the site at ztgd. Shoot us emails to podcasts at ztgd.com. Phoenix Down is also out there. Last of Us will finish up this week. What's next, Drew? Um, we're thinking probably Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein? Yeah. Which one? Wolfenstein. Mm. Uh, the, the, the New Order? The New Order or the Old Blood? Yeah. No, no, not the Old Blood. That's that's the DLC one. Yeah. We're talk- we're, I've, I've had Wolfenstein the New Order for like a year. Wait, wait. Have you, you haven't beat it? You've never played Wolfenstein? Oh, my God. I haven't oh booted it up. Oh, my God. It's so good. Yeah. Well, it's so good. Yeah, we're looking at that probably. Yeah, uh, have you got a poll out for selection from the the listeners, or are you just gonna go with Wolfenstein? Uh, we're just gonna go with that. He just one. puts okay. Xenogears out there. That's the only choice. I know, right? What's twelve point seven? Twelve point seven, bro. Yeah. Uh, do you even do you even twelve point seven, bro? Let it die. Never. Never. Die, die, die. I, Shut I, up, Reaper. Uh, Reaper alt. Reaper alts in my in my house. His alt is so weak. Sorry. Um, that's it. Except for the show. Unless anybody has anything yep. else. No, it's lunchtime, nope. baby. All right, yeah, definitely. Uh, Gambus, give us your thing. And everybody be quiet so I can sample this and just reuse it for the next, like, six weeks that he won't be here. Okay. <laughs> and it goes something like this. Epic